Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 18, Wrestlemania 4. What the world is watching. Weren't they watching 3 and 2 and 1? Is that the, that's not the tagline for all of them, is it? It might be. I don't know. I don't mind this notebook that I have doesn't have the notes for three in it. I had to get new notebook. <laughs> I filled that one up. Filled it up. <laughs> yeah. It means we're making progress. Oh yeah. I mean we're on episode eighteen. Like that's pretty impressive, honestly. Did you think we'd make it to episode eighteen? I mean, yeah. I knew that if uh, if, if I was our if, stick well, to if, it, well, if I was doing it with you, then you would be like, hey, that yeah, you're a very uh, organized person. I mean, I got this planned out to episode 140 already. Shut up. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Well, I still love doing this with you. I, I love doing and I think this with all, you well. I think all we can possibly do is get better, I guess. As long right? as we enjoy doing it. Yeah, it's, and it's whatever. Then it's what yeah, it is. And if you're listening, um, chances are I probably would enjoy uh, listening to you. So. It's true. You know. Give me a call at 405. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I said listen, it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't propositioning. <laughs> uh, WrestleMania 4 was produced by the WWF on March 27th, 1988. The event was held at the historic Atlantic City Convention Hall in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Even though it was advertised to be at the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino. You told me that before we watched that, that it was at Trump Plaza. Because I got this conflated with 9, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, I think... No, four and five are at the same place. Yeah, no, I was, I got, I just thought that four might have been the one that had like a lot of animals, oh. and I think that's nine. But uh, yeah, but you said that uh, Trump Plaza. So when I wrote down, because I always write down like mm-hmm. the, the quick, the quick hits in my notes before I start like working the card, and um, yeah, it didn't say Trump Plaza, but then I turned it on and I was like, so is it actually the called the Trump Plaza? The Trump Plaza or, was actually across the street uh, in the convention. They just used the convention did hall. He, did he? Did he? Did Donald Trump own the convention center I don't too? Think so they just called it that yeah. for like just to have, put a name on it. Basically, okay. Trump, All right. Trump probably paid money to get the WWF. There yeah, or helped. I was really surprised you know. that even in '88, he still had like that weird little hair thing. Although his hair was brown instead of like red, and he just looked like a normal like like thin forty year old man. That's true. He was, but he still had the fucked up hair. He was in the front row of the show. We'll make a few jokes along the way yeah, about him. Yeah. But we're not going to express any personal feelings about him, probably. I'll try not well, to. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll. Yeah, Who knows? Whatever, whatever. Who knows? Yeah. At this point, I don't think anybody likes him. I think everybody's just kind of like, eh, whatever. So WrestleMania 4 drew an attendance of 19,199 and a buy rate of 6.5 on pay-per-view. Did you get this on pay-per-view in 88? I did not get this on pay-per-view. I didn't think you did. <laughs> and the pay-per-view wars, which we've talked about the last few weeks, they would continue as well This yeah. for this show, as the NWA would pull the same trick that WWF had pulled in January with the Royal Rumble during all the NWA 
had the Bunkhouse Stampede. Mm-hmm. This time, while WrestleMania was happening, the NWA would run a show called Clash of the Champions. Live on TBS, baby. And we'll cover that show actually next week. But it was the exact same time yeah. and everything, on, like, like Michael said, on TBS. What else was happening around March 27th, 1988? I know you have the answer, and I have something to add to your answers. Oh, do you? Yeah, I got your answers. Uh, Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson. What a good song. Would go to number one in the Billboard Top 100, making it the first time a solo artist had had four number ones from the same album. Ooh, what... what is That's not Thriller, is it? No, it's... Um, it was bad. bad. Bad? Okay, bad. That's... That's what's up. So what were the four songs? Man in the Mirror, Mirror Billy Jean, I have no Bad, clue. yeah, I don't know. I always, when I was a little kid, we had the Michael Jackson's, like, greatest hits album that had, like, the big gold statue of him on it, and both the discs were gold, and uh, we were we would, like, just put it on the, like, five-disc CD player that was hooked up to, like, the living room speakers, and uh, me and my friends and my sister would just, like, put it on shuffle and uh, dance like idiots. But I never had any of the actual albums. My parents didn't listen to Michael Jackson. I, had... I just had the CD. I don't know how we got it. In the 90s, CDs just showed up in your house. I had so many CDs that like, there's no way my parents listened to them, but they just were in my home. I just can't stop loving you bad oh, yeah. the way you make me feel. Oh, that's a good one. And the, he actually had a, num- a fifth one. After this? After after Man in the Mirror yeah. called Dirty Diana. Oh, I love that song. You know that song? I can't say that I know it like uh, right offhand. Just like... Off the top of my head, um, probably, when we drive, when we drive back to Oklahoma it. City tomorrow, I'll, I'll put on Dirty Idea. It's great. The, you know the you know who the weekend is, right? Like yeah. the, the singer. He has uh, on because he started with like three mixtapes. The first mixtapes legitimately fantastic, but the third one has a cover of Dirty Diane on it that's actually pretty cool. And, uh, and that was I, our R and B minute. R and B minute with <laughs> yeah. Michael and Matt. <laughs> yeah. Now back to Wrestling History X. Finn Jones who played Iron Fist in the Netflix series. Did you watch that? I did. You're an, I like Iron Fist Iron comics. Fist, Iron Fist is one of my favorite yeah, But I didn't like any of those, those uh, Netflix shows. The Netflix, and I'm a big Daredevil guy, but I didn't even get into that show, and everybody liked that show. I thought Jessica Jones was the best of the four of them. Really? Iron Fist was probably was definitely the least good of them. But I That's just, a bummer. And it, it was totally a bummer for me, because Iron Fist is one of my favorite characters. I think they just they went at, a, they went at the story from a different angle than they it, probably it, should have it felt more like i don't know like it was like la femme nikia starring like daredevil and i was like Ugh, I, mean, I don't know i'm not sure like the thing is, i didn't like, get that far a bunch of the side characters i love daredevil became really the cool character the comics but the show is overall i have i have one to add though uh but he was actually his birthday okay. was three days before this show well did you know that three days after his birthday on the 30th of march uh, is when Tim Burton blessed us with his second feature film, Beetlejuice. Did you know that Michael Keaton's only in that movie for like seven minutes? You just is he really? Yeah, he's like barely in it, but like he just commands the screen, and the performance That's is true. so good. He does. Uh, also, that movie rules. What's your favorite Burton? There's only like seven good, actually good ones, but uh, they're all like they all could be your favorite. As a superhero fan, I kind of I. I mean, Batman's definitely up there. You like it over Returns? I do like the original Batman. Over Returns? Returns. I mean, I like Batman Returns as well. Yeah, I think I like Returns more. Um, I'm a big, big fish guy. Oh, that's one of the ones I haven't seen. My favorite, and is one of probably my top, like, ten favorite movies of all time, and 
is uh, Ed Wood. That's easily my favorite Tim Burton. That's movie. one that I haven't seen. Uh, well, we'll get together sometime. And this has been Tim Burton Minute. Yeah, well, I was going to say the film, <laughs> the film of it. It's Tim Burton Minute. So let's head off to WrestleMania Four. Let's get into it. First up, we see a large slot machine that says Trump Plaza on it, the screen. It kind of looks awesome. There's like the whole like seven, seven, seven thing. And then we edit. To win, we get the WrestleMania logo as the jackpot. Coins start flying at the screen with the WWF logo on them, and the yeah. last one becomes a screen wipe to the live crowd. Which it's I, good. I, I, I love. It. I love like all it. of the like. I I say it every time, but I just love any of the fun like cheesy graphics of this time period. Like, and it'll go on for quite a while because they all like they start to look better, but also at the same time like even more ridiculous. But I don't know. Like now everything's like clean and like kind of boring, but everything's so gaudy and ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's and I love it. Mean Gene welcomes everybody to WrestleMania Four and introduces Gladys Knight to seeing America the Beautiful. And Gladys Knight has the weirdest like it's a really black like sequined sparkly jacket with a bunch of weird little patches on them. I, I like wrote. So she has a sparkly jacket with a lots of advertisements on Are it. Are they advertisements? I thought they were like I patches. Th- I think they were advertisements. Okay. I thought they were like patches for like, it's like this one's for Pennsylvania. <laughs> and they were like just like different states or something. I don't I know. I think there was like a Pennzoil one or something. Oh, like really? Like, it's like her, her version of like a NASCAR jacket. Yeah. Uh, we get a package of pictures of American places such as the White House. And it's a lot of the same clips that they used yeah, in the last seen few. Yeah, we've before. State, yeah. Statue of Liberty and then pictures of kids like doing the American way of life, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. Like a kid holding hokey, the flag with like stuff. a little hat on. But I want to say that uh, Gladys Knight does the national anthem the right way. She doesn't overdo it. She doesn't drag anything out. She doesn't like work outside of her register. It's not great, but it's not it's not annoying. It's just like the most amount of tasteful. She doesn't Christina Aguilera and she just does oh, it. God, no. She just she just does it and she just like doesn't kill it like in a good way or a bad way. She just does like the bare minimum and I've never been so excited about a national anthem like not getting on my nerves or being like so bad that I wanted to like, you know, like just jump off a bridge. So Big up, Scottis, for knowing your knowing the role and uh, performing right, it well. So Grill and Jesse are our announcers for WrestleMania Four, and they start talking as we see the Hart Foundation make their way to the ring. We then see some refs bring a very tall trophy down the walkway, followed by other wrestlers making their way. How to is the that? Ring. How tall is that trophy? I mean, if those refs were six foot, yeah, then it was. Probably at least seven. Yeah, so like, it's easily taller than me, but I'm just like it's so ridiculously big. Yeah. Also, I don't know. Maybe I'm like, is, do we go straight into the rumble from this moment? Well, Grill and Jesse preview okay. the title matches. There we go. And they talk about the tournament to determine the undisputed champion. So we're getting a. But rumble. here's the thing. Okay. So, the last time we talked was the main event, and we had seen Andre beat Hogan mm-hmm. by. Nefarious means. How's that the word I was gonna use? And then give the title to Ted DiBiase. Yeah, that's that's what we saw last. Teddy gets what Teddy wants because Teddy's got the cash to back it up. So I assume that you'd be like, why are we having a tournament? Because I mean, they kind of explain it, but they don't really ever say it during the show. Yeah. So here's the story. All right, I'm behind gonna need it. the entire. I just, I just waved it off. I was like, ugh, whatever. Matt will tell me. <laughs> like I said, Hogan screwed out of the title. 
the Million Dollar Man had paid off Earl Hebner to act as Dave Hebner. The whole, oh yeah, the oh, whole God, was, twins thing. It was fun. I so like, even I like though that shit. Hogan had gotten his shoulder up, Andre was declared the new champion. Giant would sell the title to DiBiase. Jack Tunney, the president, president, kayfabe president. <laughs> yeah. of That's WWF. how you do. Uh, I learned this from our mutual friend Dylan recently. But uh, the air quotes. Air quotes. Is, we go. Yeah, it's really good. I, I do like it. Thanks it might be me. one of the better things that he's done. So Jack Tunney comes out a week later on TV and declares the title vacant as it, it was not won in a sanctioned match and decided we would have a 14-man single elimination tournament to determine a champion. Andre and Hulk were given buys into the quarterfinals as they were the previous champions. I get it. Can't buy everything. Ted slash Vince, because Ted DiBiase is, is Vince. Can't buy it either. So Bob Uecker, he's back. That's what, the uke is back. That's the what I was trying, I was trying back. to see where you were. I was like, where are we at in this show? Because the uke is back, and I couldn't be more excited for the uke to be back, because he is so much more animated and fun, and his comedic timing is, re- he's really great on this show. It's very fun, and I love him. I'm not going to say that I love everything that's done in this show by uke, it's entertaining. It's entertaining. It's more entertaining than some other stuff that happens in the it's show. It's true. I was excited to see the uke. And he joins the... And now we even have more reason to make a uke shirt. So he joins Gorilla and Jesse in the announce booth to call the our first match, which is a battle royal. And here we go. Let me... <laughs> you tap it out right now. Yes. So the... Bashing my brains in is what I'm doing. The members of this battle royal, we got, the, we got Bad News Brown... The Bolsheviks, which is Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov. The Hart Foundation of Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart. The Killer Bees of B. Brian Blair and uh, Jim Brunzel. Killer Bees represent. Danny Davis. George Animal Steel. Harley Race. King Harley Race. Hillbilly Jim. The Rougeau Brothers. Good to see them again, too. Jacques and Raymond. The Young Stallions. Paul Roma and Jim Powers. Yep. Your boy, Junkyard. J-Y-D. Ken Patera, Ron Bass. Cowboy Ron Bass. Your, Wait, is it Cowboy Ron Bass? Outlaw. Outlaw Ron Bass, sorry. Your other favorite, Sam Houston uh, and Sika. Who is... Oh, I'm trying to... I was like, who's Sika? Sika <laughs> is a professional wrestling <laughs> and WWE Hall of Famer. I hate you so much. He's also the father of Rosie and Roman Reigns. Who's Rosie Reigns? Rosie was in the tag team called Three Minute Warning back in the early 2000s. And then um, him and Hurricane Helms were in a tag team for a little bit where basically he became like a superhero Rosie. Yeah. It, it was it probably was bad. not a good gimmick. Yeah. And he didn't. And he was basically a like what Sika looks like. He was yeah. that size. Yeah. And so he wasn't like amazing or anything. Match starts. Everyone's in the ring, because it's about a royal, not a royal rumble. Everyone just starts off brawling. Bass tosses Houston towards the ropes, where Davis backbody drops Sam over to be eliminated. I Sam was so Houston wild. is your first elimination. I know, I was so very upset. They didn't Danny even... Davis. Ugh, no shit. Danny Davis is like the least liked person in this ring, right? Uh, pretty close. Right? Uh, one of the B's, JYD, help each other eliminate Sika. It's always hard to, to, to pick a B out of a 30-man <laughs> rumble. 
there, there was times where I was just like, it's a which bee. one is that? Yeah. Uh, Koloff tosses Brunzel over, but the bee rolls back under the ropes. And Steel is on the outside, pulling at Neidhart's legs. And I don't think George ever actually gets in the ring. I don't think so either. It's like, that's why I didn't think, I, I didn't see him in the ring. So when he was on the outside, I was like, why is he on the outside? And I was confused. I was like, it's George Animal Steel. He's a crazy person. Exactly. Also, to bring it back, uh, George Animal Steel is in my favorite Tim Burton movie. Yeah, he plays Tor Johnson, who was uh, a guy that was an, an older wrestler that uh, played some... It's a big loop that we're creating. Uh-huh. Is that time is a flat circle? Is that the joke everybody always says? Uh, one of the Rougeau's back body drops Brunzel over the ropes, but he's trying to grab Steel, but George grabs Jim and pulls him over to be eliminated. Now, Rougeau, he was, up, he was on the apron, and Bad News Brown finally are able to kick Brunzel out of, off the apron to be eliminated. And then Blair is able to lift Raymond over the top rope. But as he does, Jacques comes over to be, over to be eliminated as well. No more bees. Maybe we still have one bee, right? Nope, both both bees are gone at this or point. Or bee-less. Or bee-less. They, they were gone pretty quickly. And bee-less. JYD then eliminates Bass, and Zukov eliminates Hillbilly Jim. JD, JYD and Harley Race have a headbutt-a-thon. Oh, yeah. I know we get like a good t- uh, the JYD like that. Koloff goes to clothesline Patera, but he ducks and back body drops Nikolai over to be eliminated. Patera then body slams Zukov over the top rope when Koloff grabs Patera and begins to pull him over. And just as he does, Bad News then comes from behind and shoves Patera over to be eliminated. King Harley then eliminates Jacques Rougeau, and JYD with a big right hand sends Race over to be eliminated. So we're already down to our final four. It was J- a typical Saturday night in uh, Harlem, I believe. Uh, JYD. <laughs> I believe that uh, he says about JYD uh, punching uh, Harley Race. <laughs> so our final four is JYD, Bad News Brown, Bret Hart, and Paul Roma. Now Brown back body drops Roma over to be eliminated. And then Brown and Hart look to double team JYD. Yeah, but that's like three heels. Or two heels and one baby face. Exactly. When Bad News goes for the clothesline and hits Brett instead. Yeah, the baby face being JYD. JYD then hits standing headbutts, followed by some doggy style headbutts. Oh, you know, I'm a doggy style man. I know that you loved that I just said that. <laughs> and Brown and Hart resume their double team efforts, where after a Brett second rope elbow drop, the two men lift JYD up and over to be eliminated. So Hart and Brown are the final two, and they raise each other's hands in the middle of the ring like they're both winners. Yeah, that's not how that works, guys. But then Brown hits Hart with a ghetto blaster kick to the head. Is that what it's called? A ghetto blaster kick? That's what he calls it. That rules. And a headbutt. Irish whip to the corner by Brown, then Bad News tosses Brett over the top to be eliminated. And Bad News Brown is our winner. So weird. So post-match, the refs bring the trophy into the ring, and Bad News is kind of admiring it. When Hart sneaks back in, into the ring, and drop kicks... Brown out of it, and then grabs the trophy, slams it to the mat, and begins stomping on it, breaking he, it apart. He smashes the shit, and then out just of starts it. throwing it at Brown on the outside. Of and the it's ring. great because it's not like it's one of those like old school trophies where it's like, you know, the platform and then like four corners and like a smaller platform and like four corners. So it's like super easy to break, uh, oh, yeah. and you can break into a lot of pieces. So like. It was a real like maybe that was just the only trophy they could get for a decent price at the, that, the time to to break, but like it was perfect to break because it looks really good to break because it you know 
when it's that tall, there's a lot of pieces and, you know, it makes it more dramatic. It's not just like like uh, the NA, well, the NHL thing is like basically die cast. Like, but you know what I mean? It's not like a trophy like that or like the G1 trophy, it, like where it's like it's just a big piece of metal. It's like, you know, you can break this thing yeah, and it, it looks good on TV. It, it looked really cheap. Yeah. It looked cheap, but it looked good to break on TV. Yeah. So Euchre leaves the commentator booth because he's off to find Vanna, Vanna White, White. wherever uh, she might be. This is, is this the storyline of the show? I mean, there's one better than this, but this is probably the second best one. I mean, the only other storyline really is that we're having a tournament to determine a champion. Yeah. So Howard Finkel then goes over the rules of the tournament, but we can't hear them because Gorilla and Jesse are talking. And then Finkel introduces us, us to Robin Leach of Lifestyles, Lifestyles of the, the Rich and Famous thing. fame yeah. to read a proclamation. It's so funny. He's it like it like scrolls out like some Dead Sea Scrolls and shit. It's so silly. Like yeah, like it's yeah. It looks like something from like a. You know, it looks like a scroll. It's funny. And then Grill and Jesse go over uh, go over the rules of the tournament themselves. Obviously, you have to win to advance. There's a 15 time minute time limit in the first round, 20 minutes in the quarterfinals, 30 in the semifinals, yeah, and no time limit for the you know wrestling complete final. So we get to our second match: Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus the Million Dollar Man Ted, Ted DiBiase, DiBiase with Virgil and Andre the Giant. In a first-round tournament match. Yeah, I think uh, Jesse kind of like verbally teases a Ted DiBiase Andre match. Well, basically, I th- if both of them were to, to win, win their yeah. matches, Just, uh, yeah, they could face each other. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, because we've talked about Ted DiBiase. It feels like quite a bit in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, this but is his this time. is his first match that we've covered. Yeah. So therefore, Ted DiBiase is a professional wrestling. WWE and Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. There's Famer. not any other ones. That's it. That is it. Is he in the? Yeah, he's. He, if there's a Hall of Fame, Ted DiBiase is probably in it, right? He should be. He should be. He definitely should be. Based on his heel work alone, and uh, spoiler alert, Ted DiBiase can work. Yeah. Honestly, he probably should have worked more. So I didn't know if you know this or not, but this crowd in Atlantic City, they love the. Oh. oh. Everybody does. You know who doesn't? You? God damn, I don't. I don't. I I always think like a hacksaw Jim Duggan. That's cool. He has the two by four. When we get to hacksaw matches, I'm like, oh man, I'm the guy that doesn't like hacksaw. And I always thought you would be the hacksaw guy. You would love hacksaw. I think JYD is gets help because uh, he has cool gear. He does headbutts and he has the, like one of the best theme songs. So he gets like some love. Also, he doesn't really do anything annoying in the ring. The oh thing I find. What if JYD just kept going around going like C A K E S? Oh, well, I'd probably like that. C A K E S. But I like funk music a lot, and then and they love to spell stuff out in funk songs. So Duggan starts off the match giving DiBiase an atomic drop that sends him over the top rope to the floor. DiBiase sells, considering uh, he's a man with all that money. Hacksaw gives the clothesline after ducking an attempt by DiBiase and then proceeds to give ten punches in the corner. And Duggan Irish whips the Million Dollar Man into the corner and charges in, but DiBiase gets a boot up to hit Hacksaw in the head. DiBiase on the second rope comes off with an elbow to a standing Duggan. And then we get a falling fist and a pin attempt by the Million Dollar Man. After an Irish whip, Duggan goes for a sunset flip and a pin, which... It was not a pretty-looking sunset flip by any means. Yeah, you said Duggan and sunset flip in the same sentence, and I was like, ooh. 
Only thing worse might be dusty in the sunset, but <laughs> boom, roasted. DiBiase goes for a suplex, but Hacksaw reverses it into one of his own. But Million Dollar Man kind of no-sells the, the suplex as he's literally the first one back to his feet. Yeah. And then he climbs to the second rope, and as he comes off, Duggan hits him in the gut on the way down. It's cool. I, like, I always like that spot. Hacksaw then starts a burn it down, burn it down. Oh, no, he just does the stomps. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like... Mm. He, uh, he does it. He's not a Seth Rogen. No, no he's not. He's not, he's not Seth Rogen. He's not, say, he's not, he's Seth, not Seth Rogen he's either. He's not Seth Rogen Rollins. He's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. That's literally what he does. He just does the uh, same stomps as well. He never has, like, the IC title, does he? Hacksaw? Yeah. I'm not sure what he ever wins. Uh, I, we I guess the a, hearts of a bunch of fucking fans in 1988. Jesus. Pretty much. We get a Pier 6 brawl call and a clothesline city from Gorilla. And then Duggan... Hits a power slam. Andre grabs Hacksaw's leg from the outside to cause him to fall flat on his face. To grab Andre, but the giant smacks Hacksaw in the face at the same time DBI'ing to Neem in the back. It's that good shit. We get another falling fist from Million Dollar Man to get the pin and the, and the win. win. Post-match, Duggan grabs his 2x4 to clear the ring. And then he just kind of leaves the ring immediately, and I'm so glad. So Mean Gene's in the back, giant map on the wall, when he brings in Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Beefcake has his shears with him, does lots of crazy eyes. Yeah, Beefcake is like out of, he's, he's ramped up quite a bit since the last few times we've seen him. Like just his facial expressions, his like eyes, his like just intensity, and his like the way he's selling the gimmick, you know what I mean? I agree. But his promo skills are still no, they're dog garbage. shit. I'm not. This is. I'm not. I am by no means uh, praising the man. I'm just saying that it was quite a jump in a direction. That is all. A direction. Don't know if it was good or bad. I love that Mean Gene uh, asks him where he got those fishnets. That was cute. So we're off to our third match. Don Morocco with superstar Billy Graham versus in tie dye. Dino Bravo <laughs> with Frenchie Martin in a first round tournament match. I don't know if you know this. But uh, Dino Bravo lifted to 712 pounds without the help of Jesse Ventura? Uh, sure. <laughs> wait, wait, that's what, that was the thing? Right? I mean, that's what they They're going to talk. He talks about yeah. it a lot through the show. Uh, Ventura taught Billy Graham everything he knew about tie-dye, and now Graham is teaching oh, Morocco yeah. everything I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't he, everything he knows. <laughs> yeah, everything I know. I know. And then Gorilla, uh, Morocco wasn't in this kind of shape when he was IC champion. Steroids, Gorilla. Yeah. Steroids. Uh, Gorilla, definitely. I didn't realize Gorilla was so big because there's a, some, a point in, I think, this show where he talks about how big he was. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. I don't, no, know, I don't know. You had your finger in your nose, so I was like, I don't know if that was the thing. But he said that he was like 400 pounds or some shit. Yeah, he was a, like, he was a big man. All right, well, you continue. I'm going to look up a photo of, like, Prime Gorilla, Gorilla, just so I can lose my shit about how ridiculous he looks. I mean, that's how he got the... I mean, that's one of the reasons why he had the name Gorilla. Yeah, I mean, I assume so, but still. So the match starts, and Morocco reverses an Irish whip, followed by a clothesline and a body slam. And Morocco goes to the second rope, and looks like he is coming off for a backward splash. But Bravo is so far away that Morocco lands on his knees, and then just covers Dino. Gorilla covers for the botch by saying that he slipped off the road. Which, I was just like, 
Good, good save. Good save, Gorilla. Good job. Gorilla Monsoon looks like uh, a lot of guys from like a like a smelly guys at a wrestling show or like uh or like the docs from the 60s <laughs> yeah he 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 also like these old photos he has this like chin strap beard and he kind of looks like he should be like at a lamb of god show <laughs> 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 and it's really ridiculous and i love it so then bravo hits a gut wrench suplex and then Grill and jesse are arguing about the weightlifting segment you know what i love from the rumble I love a gut wrench suplex. A gut wrench suplex is really nice. But about this weightlifting segment, uh, can we just please quit talking about it? Okay. I'm, I'm, I didn't I'm, know it was such a sore subject, and I'll... And I'll oh, are you talking about in this show or me personally? No. Are you attacking just, me? I'm like, I'm are you attacking about, Jesse? I'm talking about Jesse. Like, oh, can no. Can we just quit talking uh, about it? Like, spoiler alert. They don't. He does not stop talking about it. No. Like, through the whole show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, not exactly. just this match. So Frenchie jumps on the apron, but he backs down when Graham comes over to confront him on the outside. And Morocco's working over the left leg of Bravo when he twists so that his back is to Dino. Bravo then kicks him off, sending the rock over the top rope, but his neck gets stuck between two ropes. Dino then hits a pile driver, but wastes time before making a cover, and so he only gets a two count. Bravo with another pile driver attempt, but Morocco back body drops him, and then both men running the ropes, and they clothesline each other for a double KO spot. Morocco then hits a flying forearm Ooh, and a power like slam, and the rock goes to come off the ropes for another flying forearm, but Bravo grabs the ref to take the brunt of the impact. Dino then attacks Morocco from behind <laughs> and hits a side suplex and goes for the cover. The ref taps Bravo on the shoulder, and Dino begins to celebrate, but the ref pulls his arm down and goes to raise Morocco's arm. Howard Finkel then lets us know that Morocco has won by DQ. And it's, there's a pretty decent pop. It's kind of weird. Was the pop for Morocco or for the epic, to be over? epic music that Morocco uses? <laughs> it's pretty good. Do you know what music it is? Oh, uh, what is it? It's Superstar from Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, I've never seen Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ Superstar. But like literally, I, was, I heard it and I was just like, that is some epic music. And so I was like, I have to find out what this is. Yeah. It, it's pretty good. I've never seen Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm sure. It I mean, might, I was like, it might be, yeah. I think that was what Superstar Billy Graham's uh, oh, yeah. music was. And Morocco is basically Superstar Billy Graham at this point. I just love Billy Graham with that tie-dye. And he's like, he just looks, he looks so, like, buff. But he's not, like, lean buff like he was when he was young. Yeah. He just looks kind of, like, <laughs> like, swollen. And it's yeah. weird. I mean, he looks like the Billy Graham that... Everybody remembers, unless you're, like, you know, a decade older than us. And then you think of him, like, as, you know... Even if you're a decade older than us, you still might think of him like this. So then we go to the back. Bob Euchre's there talking about Vanna White. When Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart walk in. Basically give a little bit of a promo. Yeah, it's not as good as the last Honky promo where he does, like, all the Elvis uh, references. That one was so good. That was so good. That shit was so good. Personally, my favorite part was... Yuger says that Beefcake's his barber, likes to keep it nice and tight. Yeah. I, I'm, I love the Yuke on this show. He, he is fun. He is fun. Is Bob Yuke, Bob Yuke is probably hella dead, right? No. He really? He's the play-by-play radio announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, my God. How old is he? Yeah, he's probably in, like, his 70s. So, yeah, but still. Like, he looks old. I mean, it's the white hair, I guess, and also the tan. Yeah. But. I so just, we head off to our fourth match. We got Greg Valentine with Jimmy Hart. Versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. 
Oh, with, with Lil, Lil Dragon. Dragon. Is Lil Dragon the cutest thing on the planet? It's like his, not on the planet, but like that baby is like, I'm not really not a guy. It's like, check out that cute baby, but that baby was adorable. And this is another first round tournament and, match. And he gets a big pop. He does so get good. a big pop. Everyone's like, oh, they're all cheering him and the baby, and he looks so happy. So Little Dragon what, is Steamboat's <laughs> Son. actual Yeah, like child. he he left. That's why he lost the IC title because he went he went away to have he wanted to go away to you know start be his a family. Yeah, his his wife was pregnant and he wanted to and take care who, of her. That's and who we saw yeah. come and take Little Dragon. Away oh yeah, and she it was wife. great because like Ricky had the red like Steamboat like you know gi mm-hmm. on yeah. and then like he had a, the his baby actually. It said Little Dragon or Little Dragon on the back or whatever. And then his wife had, like, this, like, red matching dress on. It didn't have, like, you know, dragons on it or anything. But it was uh, super cute and warmed my, my, cold, my cold dumb heart. So we get an opening sequence with some arm drags, rope running by both men. Valentine tosses Steamboat <laughs> over the top, but the dragon skins the cat of and drop kicks the hammer into the ropes. Ricky tries to crucifix pinning, but doesn't get under him quick enough. Valentine hammering away at Steamboat, and the hammer goes for a back suplex, but Ricky floats over and smashes Valentine's head into the turnbuckle. Greg hits an atomic drop, clothesline, and elbows to the head to regain control of the match. And this is the first time at this point we see Donald Trump is actually in the front row Mm -hmm. of the show. And we get a pump handle gut buster and a headbutt to the gut by Valentine, and then he goes for the figure four, the steamboat kicks the hammer off into the turnbuckle. We get a chop session back and forth by both men, and then a shoulder breaker by Valentine for a two count. The hammer comes off the top rope and hits a chop to the top of the head, and Valentine goes for the figure four again, but a right hand by steamboat knocks Greg over. We then get a flying back elbow by the dragon before steamboat goes to the top rope to hit a karate chop to the top of Valentine's head. Ricky starts ramming the hammer's head into the turnbuckle, not 10, but 11 times. <laughs> That's so fun. Before the ref can separate one, them. One extra can really make a big deal, it right? Does. Flying crossbody by Steamboat from the top rope, but the momentum and a handful of tights carries <laughs> Valentine over on top for the pin and, and the win. win. I got some bad news for you. I know. In the WWF for about three years. And again... Probably for a good, oh, 30 seconds. We always have... At least in the WWF. Does he, like, but when he comes back, is it... Is it good? Is it good? In the WWF? I'm still waiting for that, like, that weird, that crazy costume, which we haven't seen. So maybe it was on a... Because, like, this is on a pay-per-view, or is this just in general? This is in general. Is Steamboat the the most commendable man in wrestling because he left to go, and then I'm going to go raise my kid, and it's like, you son of a bitch. He does show up in what we W okay. before he makes his return Maybe to WWF. Yeah. So we'll see him yeah. sooner than three. I want to ask you, Grill Monsoon always like says weird shit about body parts and things, but in he this also match, says, he also says weird things about individuals. Like, <laughs> what an individual about Trump. <laughs> what an individual. Uh, but he, I don't know, I couldn't get the word that he said. But he calls like the you know the bump on the back of your head. What is the word? I, I meant to Google it ahead of time, but I was looking at my notes while we were totally talking, was, and I found I, it, and I was like, I could go. Funny story about that. Like, yeah. My wife is sitting sitting there with me while I'm watching this. <laughs> she's shaking her head. And, <laughs> well, she's a hairdresser, so, like, they use the, oh, yeah. the point on the back of the head. Because, like, so everyone's a little different, and it's a big deal with, like, maybe how that's, your hair makes That's where, like, 
they cut the hairstyle to, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. And she was like, he did not just say that. And I was like, I thought it was so funny. I was going to write a note about it. Yeah. And then I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to figure out how to spell this or even try you and didn't say get, it. I don't like, this was like a lump forms, but I don't want a lump. Like, what do you call it? I said bump on back of head in Google. It's the bone at the back of the head. Okay. I, bone is probably going to get it. I'll, I'll, you can keep going. I just need to know because it, I was like, it, it didn't blow my octobial occipital 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 bone that's totally correct yeah you know it's a where yours is just a little one xenomorphs is like you know it was back for about four feet (laughs) but yeah like she like she made me rewind it and like watch that one part like four or five times that makes i guess that makes sense i never think about it because i don't cut hair but like it makes sense for them to know what that thing what that bone is called exactly and that everybody's is a little different so we then head back to the back mean jeans back there with the british bulldogs matilda <sighs> and coco beware matilda forever and matilda's the only certified weasel dog in the world oh my god it's so good and they're going weasel hunting they are going weasel hunting and who's the weasel bobby the brain he of course i know so then we head off to our fifth match we got the natural Butch Reed with Slick versus Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth in another first round tournament match. And the match starts off. Reed tries to slam Savage's head into the turnbuckle, but Randy gets his boot up to block and then slams the natural's head. Macho Man then attempts a suplex, but Reed reverses it into one of his own. We got a running elbow drop and then a guillotine over the top rope has Reed in control. Get a flying clothesline by Reed after an Irish whip. And the natural is jawing away with Miss Elizabeth as he climbs to the top rope, which allows Savage to make his way back to his feet and over to press slam Reed off. Macho Man then comes off the top rope himself with a flying drop elbow for the pin and the win. Yeah, uh, J- Jesse says, I just realized why, uh, why Elizabeth is out there, why Macho brings Elizabeth out there, because, you know, he was jawing at her and Macho got the pin because he was distracted. But it was just funny. I was like, Jesse, well, that's a silly thing to say. Or is that? Is it not? <laughs> Maybe that is why she's out there. She always catches my eye. God, uh, I have an MVP for this show that we will talk about later. So we go back to Bob Euchre in the back talking about the WrestleMania program and talking about Vanna when Bobby Heenan and the Islanders show up. Best line was Euchre telling Heenan that Matilda's going to have a smorgasbord A smorgasbord, yeah. Oh, I don't remember. I can't read all my notes all the time. I write, I write fast. I don't have time to pause. Life's too short to pause. But you can't make a three-and-a-half-hour show into seven hours. No, you can't. I did that for the first few episodes, and I was like, what am I doing? I can't hit pause. This is three hours long. I can't hit pause. So we're off to our sixth match. We got One Man Gang with Slick versus Bam Bam Bigelow with Oliver Humpertink in a first round tournament match. One Man Gang attacks Bam Bam right as the bell rings and then Irish whips Bigelow into the turnbuckle and charges in, but Bam Bam moves. Bam Bam is so fun here. Bigelow then hits a shoulder block, does a cartwheel, and a splash for a two count. What's crazy is that Bam Bam is a big guy, but it makes you realize how fucking huge one-man gang is. Like, I don't know how tall that guy is, but he's so much taller than Bam Bam and so much wider than Bam Bam. I mean, like, there's no way in hell a guy of Bam Bam, or uh, one-man gang size is going to do that cartwheel. And even Bam Bam 
shouldn't be should, like yeah and even when he does it it's like impressive but it's not necessarily pretty Bam Bam's running the ropes, and he comes off with a flying crossbody. We get some headbutts, elbows, and a jumping headbutt, and Bam Bam is in control of the match. Bigelow goes to run the ropes, but Slick pulls the top rope down, and Bam Bam goes over it to the floor. The Slickster. Bigelow's back up on the apron, trying to get back in, but One Man Gang is up and attacking him. Bam Bam gives a shoulder block that knocks One Man Gang back, and Bigelow gets back in the ring right as the ref counts ten. Well, he does a cartwheel. The bell rings, and One Man Gang wins by countout. So, you ask, how does a man... Who's in the ring? Well, I mean, that I'm not going to ask the obvious question. <laughs> Which is? Is, he was up on the apron. You, that should stop you, the ten count. You, you just asked not, I'm not yeah, going yeah, yeah, to ask that yeah, question. Yeah, no, I know. Because I just went, it's a 14-man single elimination tournament. They need to get through matches. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. it was just bad planning. Yeah. Or not? I mean, maybe they planned it better and it just the way the cookie crumbles, man. But no, I was going to ask the question, so you ask how a man goes from a good showing at the Survivor Series to this clusterfuck. So the rumors are that Hogan cut Bam Bam's push off because he was quickly becoming a major star and didn't uh-huh. want him to be... Have it's, any com- competition? It's so funny that like uh, any of the bat, like behind the scenes guys will always are like, oh, like they always push off the like Hogan rumors of him not wanting to do put jobs or put somebody over, blah blah blah. And then they always like brush that off. But then there's been all these rumors and stuff. But then you watch matches with Hogan in them, and like he's avoiding a back a drop. He's he's avoiding like a flat back bump. And it's like, well, if a guy that's avoiding a, that's like the biggest wrestling star on the planet is avoiding a flat back bump, then like, he's probably a fucking asshole. Like, holy shit. And if every single time the belt moves around, like, it's, it somehow happens with some like, you know, fucked up shit. It's like, it's hard to like, it's like, you know, it's just weird that somebody like Bruce Pritchard will always like, you know, or even Bischoff will like always be like, have... Hogan's back and act like, of course, of course that's not the case. Everyone just blows that shit out of proportion. But then you can just like watch the shows and you're like, like it's like it almost feels like it's just like telegraphed. It's really weird. It's just something I've been noticing. That's all. And I got some more bad news. What is it? Bigelow doesn't show back up on a WWF <laughs> pay per view for five years. He goes straight to WCW, right? No. Oh no, he goes to Japan. He goes to Japan. He doesn't get that cool-ass Vader mask, though. So then we go Mean Gene. He's in the back with Hulk Hogan, speaking of Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fee-fi-fo-fum. Uh, Hogan, a couple of his lines is, When I slam Andre, the fault line from New York to Tampa is going to break off. This this promo is, like, we thought, oh, the Jim, we thought the Jimmy Garvin promo was crazy, but at least it was crazy and fun yeah this promo is crazy and just stays crazy it's a cocaine fueled hogan it's it's uh it's coke hogan it does have the famous it does have a famous clip that we've all seen a million times or like gift out the the dog paddle the paddle backwards the the paddle backwards yeah because he like starts going in like he's talking about the ocean once the fault line falls falls off off, there's gonna be and he basically he also says thank god trump's a hulkamania (laughs) I'm sure that he like, still feels that way. I'm sure he probably Yeah, not so hot take. 
So we're out to our seventh <laughs> match. We got Ravishing Rick Rude with Bobby Heenan versus Jake the Snake Roberts with Damian yep. in a first-round tournament match. Uh, Rick Rude has has those muscles that nobody else has. Yeah. Also, uh, I didn't really realize that Rick Rude had per- like he performed in... I feel like we probably missed some New Japan already. Eh, who knows? We'll get there. So Rude takes the mic and he says, You're taking the gamble of your life. Letting your lady see my ravishing body. Oh, he has the best gear in this match. Do you know who the picture is of? Wait, that's supposed to be somebody? Mm-hmm. I don't, but I'm going to explain it first on microphone. Rick Rude has, like, peach, pinkish colored, uh, like, spandex on, like, you know, pants, waist to uh, ankles, uh, and on his ass it is a, like, if you went to a mall in the 90s and got, like, you know, a Tweety Bird, like, uh, airbrushed on your shirt, it's like that, but it's, like, uh, supposed to be, like, a hot chick's face on his ass with, like, the hair going down his legs, and it's simply amazing and stupid and amazing and ridiculous. And who's it supposed to be, Matt? Jake the Snake's wife. Oh, they don't say that on commentary, do they? No. Nope. That is stupid. If they, they, if they could have sold that to me, I would have been, because ex- I was already stoked because it was so weird. And is Jake Snake's wife, like, ever show up on, like, main events or something? Yeah, she should. That, okay. become, that becomes part of their feud. Like, this okay, is, so this is, like, the beginning of it? This is the beginning of the feud. Oh, she should have came out beforehand. They should have said something about yeah. it. Oh, my God. I guess it's one thing if he... Never mind. Go ahead. So Robert starts punching away, sending the ravishing one into the corner, and Rude realizes he is in the corner with Damien and runs away. Roberts has wrist control later on and slows this match... Down. Way down. Uh, I still love me some snake cam, though. Rude escapes with a shoulder into the corner, and the ref gets between the two men, and Roberts comes off the second rope with a knee to the gut. Roberts then gives the sign for the DDT, and the crowd goes wild and goes to grab Rude, but Rude escapes out of the ring. Both men run in the ropes, but Roberts power slams Rude and then attempts a knee lift, but the ravishing one grabs the knee and trips up Jake to send him to the mat. Heenan's yelling at Rude not to waste time, so Rude gives a clothesline and then gyrates before covering. And then Rude has Roberts in a reverse chin lock to slow the match down. Yet again. Even more. And, like, in this match, Jesse Ventura, I mean, we call it a rest hold because we have the internet and we're like, oh, it's a rest hold. Yeah. That's where they're, like, figuring out what they're going to do when they're calling it in the ring. Or, you know, or just fucking cool off, whatever. But uh, Jesse Ventura calls it a wear-down move, which I feel like is kind of telegraphing uh, the same thing. <laughs> but and it's like, you know, and he was a wrestler, so I mean, he knew the term wrestle. technically what the thought yeah. process of a wrestler rest, rest is, is. is a wear-down move. But, like, even that, it's like submission is like, you know, like, yeah. If you're not trying to get them to tap, then... Then it's a wear-down move. And if it's a wear-down move, it feels like a nice way to say wrestle. So at this point, Jesse, the whole Bob Uger-Vanna storyline is continued by Jesse, who says he knows where Vanna oh, is. Oh, yeah, he does. But he can't say his room number on the air. Oh, that's so funny. It was a great line. Robertson, with a pair of elbows to escape the chin lock, runs the ropes, but Rude lifts and drops him face first. Yeah, it's like a kind of a bulldog. But they, don't yeah, call, they don't call it that, but it, I was like, it's kind of it's pretty bulldoggy. Rude then goes to the top rope and comes off with a flying dropped fist for a two count. But Rude, and then Rude puts the chin lock on again. Roberts hits a side suplex, but the ravishing one keeps the hold on. Uh, the snake is trying to back up and stumbles through the ropes. 
we get some boring chants starting yeah. by the crowd. That's the first boring chance we've ever got. And I they're not couldn't wrong. agree more. I know it's a bummer because both these guys are like they they could be doing a lot more. Yeah. So Rude has the chin lock on again. The ref starts raising the arm once, twice. Stays up on three. Unfortunately, the it'd snake, be more. Can you imagine if they if one of them just put the other guy to sleep? That would have been kind of exciting. It would have been. It it's not a thing that really happens at this point in time. Yeah, point. but that's not really a thing that happens at this point in time, and it would have, you know, made sense that they keep going back to the well. But the snake doesn't really do anything, so the ref does the arm again and again. The arm stays up on three. Roberts finally escapes by dropping Rude's head into the shoulder, and then explodes out with some lefts and rights, a back body drop, a short arm clothesline. Rainmaker! It's a rainmaker. And goes to attempt the DDT <laughs> again, but Rude rams Roberts back into the turnbuckle. The ravishing one Irish whips Jake to the opposite corner and charges in, but Roberts gets his knee up. We get a pump handle gut buster by the snake, and then Rude with a side suplex. I feel like we don't see a lot of gut busters these days. Not a whole lot. Not a lot of knees to guts unless it's somebody off the top, you know what I mean? Yeah. Jesse and Gorillas really start mentioning that 15-minute time limit. And then we get Roberts and Rude with a double clothesline KO spot. And Rude is back to his feet, and he does a double leg takedown and goes for the pin with leverage on the ropes. One, two, the bell rings. Yeah. I was like, what can I hit to make a bell ring? So, but I, I was watching this match, and I'm an idiot. And I called it after like the third rest hold. I was like, oh, so this is going to a draw. <laughs> like, because I knew that there was a lot of people, and I was like, well, and they said that if it was a draw, they were both eliminated, right? Yep. So I was like, I like after like the second, like long hold on the mat, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, this is going the distance. And then uh, as soon as it ended, in my notes, they I wrote, going for I, wrote speed. I wrote, called it. No, they weren't going. For, she's going for distance. She's going for speed. I, what's the next? It's a cake song. It is a cake song. Whatever happened to that group? Um, they're by the ocean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Continue, Matthew. I'm making bad music <laughs> puns. It's fine. They're, they're, I feel like they're broad enough for, for people to understand them. Yeah. But as you said, both men with the time limit draw are eliminated. So post-match, Roberts grabs Damien and goes after Rude and Heenan, but they clear the ring before anything uh, really what, happens. What number Damien do you think this is? Who knows? It might be a different Damien at every single show. Oh, like it is a lot of the times, but this, this Damien is, looks real big. But Jake didn't take care of those snakes uh, at all. If you ever hear him like talk these days or any days about them, like he like just threw in a bathtub full of water, would like leave them in places. Um, like he like that, he killed all like vicariously killed a lot of snakes. He wasn't like you know he wasn't like cutting their heads off or anything. But you know these were not like pets. They were just like a means to a paycheck. But you know Jake's. I think he's still doing good. As far as I know, he's done that some of that DDP yoga. Oh God, DDP is so annoying. Bang! He's so annoying. Not, I mean, back then, whatever. But like now, it was fucking amazing. But holy shit, it's annoying to hear about. So me and Jean's in the back at the tournament board. This is Vanna White. We've heard about her so much. Uh, Might as well get to meet her. Yeah, she's got that leopard dress on. Looks good. She was the pinnacle of beauty in the 80s. Which is uh, my not-so-hot take? The letters. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I'm not saying that she's incapable of uh, delivering lines, 
I'm just saying that she's not capable of delivering lines here. No. She's she can learn. She just has not learned. No. She has not been trained. They did not they did not work with her. If they did work with her, God bless her soul. She makes Elvira look like I don't know, uh, Audrey Tom Hepburn. Oh, I was gonna try to think of a, like a famous like female actress that wins awards, and I'm like, Ugh, Meryl Streep. Uh, I don't know. So Vanna and Mean Jean are looking at the tournament board, and Vanna gives some predictions for the next matches, and then we're off to our eighth match. We got Hercules with Bobby Heenan versus the Ultimate Warrior. This match is not part of the tournament. This is a grudge match between the two, and there's a story. These men had been battling over who was the stronger man. The BV Boys match. Uh, they were to have a match on TV, but before it could get started, the two men would engage in a tug of war with using Hercule, uh, Hercules' chain. Oh, that kind of that's kind of cool. I like that. The chain would snap in Ooh, half. That's that's Her- drama. And Hercules would use the remaining chain to beat on the warrior and be disqualified in that match. So that set up this WrestleMania rematch. I want like a. I but if you want, hear if you hear that story, shouldn't this match have been a chain match? They already had a chain match. Should have been a cage match. Why would it have been a cage match? I don't know because somebody has to win now. That's the reason that you do a cage. It's like oh, people keep getting in the way. Chains keep getting in the way, so we're gonna cover them with chains. But you bring a, a chain, chain into fence. a cage match. Not this one. This is a beefy boy match. <laughs> so both men try shoulder blocks, and it doesn't move either man. They lock up in the corner, and while the ref tries to separate them, Hercules gives a cheap shot, but Warrior responds with some right hands and chops of his own. Warrior then Irish whips Hercules, who ducks a clothesline attempt and returns with a couple of his own, but Warrior no-sells it. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? <laughs> Hercules finally gets Warrior down on the third clothesline, and then Warrior gives a short-arm clothesline to put Hercules down. Warrior lifts Hercules up and guillotines him on the top rope. That's like, I've been trying to figure out uh, what to call that. Because they always call it a clothesline when they drop their neck on the on the, on the top, on rope. top rope. And I wrote down in, because I think it happens more in some of these shows. It happens shows, quite often and in I, this show. And I wrote a note for uh, my, my name for it. And it's pretty funny. And hopefully I'll find it before the show's over. So that is uh, foreshadowing. Teaser. Yeah. If, I mean, hopefully it's not a tease. So we'll we get start looking more intently. <laughs> so we get an Irish rip and a chop to the chest by Warrior. And Hercules is on the ropes, and Warrior throws a punch, but Hercules ducks and back body drops Warrior over the rope. But Warrior's holding onto the top rope with one hand so that he lands on his feet on the outside. Like, he went over and he was holding onto the top rope with his hand, one hand, and I was yeah. like, oh, he's going to yeah. skin the cat with one hand. Oh, I, was I like, thought he was going to hold it. I thought he was going to hold it and then, like, put the other hand back up and skin the hat. Skin the cat with one hand, no way. I was just like, oh, he's not. That would be but, so cool if he could. Honestly, this match has some energy. It's got some beefy boy, I mean, uh, like, beat-up energy. Because it's kind of shoot Ultimate fighting. Warrior was, is pure energy. <laughs> that, that's true. But, like, I want to see, like, a... Ultimate Warrior in a uh, like okay take if we could just do a the wrestling classic style like small thing and you just take like all the the beefiest chop boys mostly probably out of like Japan but like and and Warrior and you just have a chop fest I just want to chop I just want like a beefy boy like <laughs> no moves we're just gonna we're just gonna slap back like until our chests are bloody. I want a beefy boy. I want a beefy boy tournament. I guess that's what G1 is, but I want like seven Ishis, but one of them's Warrior. 
Because so I feel like that's the only good thing Warrior could do, right? And then it's okay for him to one hurt... One of the very few things. Then, 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 then they can hurt each other, for real. So Warrior then drags Hercules out onto the floor and they begin brawling. Warrior slams Hercules' head into the steps a couple of times. And then back in the ring, Hercules gets the advantage with some punches and a back elbow. Warrior comes off the ropes with a clothesline and gets Hercules into the corner where Warrior gives ten punches, but as he stops, Hercules gives an inverted atomic drop. After a reversed Irish whip, Warrior charges into the corner, but Hercules moves and Warrior hits chest first on the turnbuckle. And Hercules sets up for the full Nelson, but he can't get the fingers locked. No, he sure cannot. He's washing that hair. So Warrior's still still in the full Nelson, leaps to the top rope and pushes off so that the two men land kind of like in a German suplex kind of way. It looks like it hurts for both of them. And the ref counts. One, two. You see the warrior get his shoulder up. Three. Hercules thinks he's won, but the ref grabs his arm, drags it down, and explains what happened, and then raises warrior's arm. It was pretty clever. It was much better than... Do you remember, like... It's like episode two, so it's like oh God. Yeah. a few months ago. Yeah, but like a few. It, it was like few months it was ago. like a ju- the junior heavyweight match where they did like the German suplex. It was basically the same spot. Yeah, you just couldn't tell what happened. They did not explain it at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Was it was it NWA show? Yeah. Okay. It was like this. Like literally, I think it was like episode two, and we're now at eighteen. So yeah, I mean, I know it was a while ago, but it's like yeah, it was the NWA show. I'm like. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> they didn't explain anything. <laughs> yeah. So post-match, Hercules attacks Warrior from behind, and Heenan tosses the ref out of the ring. So Hercules grabs the chain and begins choking Warrior. Warrior starts hulking up, for yeah. lack of terms. Uh, he starts uh, war- warring? War- Becoming war- ultimate? Yeah. Uh, warrioring? Sure. I'm just trying. I'm, I'm shooting from the hip, baby. Tossing ideas at the... <laughs> At the microphone? At the microphone. <laughs> yes. Grabs the chain and be- he begins to grab the chain and begins swinging it around and around to clear the ring. It Within- looks pretty scary. That, it- chain looks- that chain's big. Like the, that ref- chain the ref would was still in the knock ring my and teeth I was out. kind yeah. of scared for his life. It's like the chain is a large... Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, if you- it would knock your teeth out, I feel like. So we go to Gorilla and Jesse and they mention, hey, Sugar Ray Leonard, the famous boxer, is in the mm-hmm. crowd. And then we see a video package reviewing the history between Hogan and Andre. Yep, they're facing face to face. I think <laughs> I think Grill Monsoon says that once. Yeah, as you see them facing face to face. So fucking funny to me. So we're off to our ninth match. We're on to the quarterfinals. Oh, we get recap. I'm, I'm not I'm, going I'm, to I'm recap. Just kidding. Don't do it. Hogan and Andre <laughs> had it the last so, two weeks. Yeah, it's. I'm just kidding. You shit. No, we don't. Detail. We don't know. I'm I mean, so, Go back and listen to our last it's two mostly, episodes. I mean, or yeah, it's mostly worth watching. It's very much for worth histor- watching. For sure. Histor- for historically. The main event's good to watch. So, the Giant with Ted DiBiase and Virgil versus Hulk Hogan in that quarter. Well, and ATG comes out first, right? Yeah, Andre, Andre comes, comes out, out first. Comes out hissing at each other than it is, like, strong booze. Yeah. Hogan runs to the ring. Andre starts, has Hogan wobbly. Hogan fires up with a couple of clotheslines off the ropes, and then Hogan starts choking him. Ch- Hogan does some, like, heel-ass shit, but it's hard to be. You know, the thing is, like, he's so angry and been screwed over so hard that it's justifiable, but it's just kind of funny. Andre comes up from behind, but Hogan grabs the giant and gives him and DiBiase a double noggin knocker. 
Multiple chops by Hogan has Andre stumbling, and the giant falls with his arms stuck in the ropes. And then Hogan's finally able to rip his shirt off and does some posing, which gives <laughs> DiBiase and Virgil time to unhook Andre from the, from the ropes. Hogan then gives a couple of slingshot right hands, which knocks Andre down, and then drops a few elbows. But on the last one, Andre grabs Hogan's throat and begins to choke him. Andre with a headbutt and then basically just sits down on Hogan. And then Andre picks up Hogan and continues to choke him, but he always breaks at the count of four. So he's a heel, but he does, he follows the rules. Yeah, yeah. Andre then applies we the can't, trapezoid hold. I know, trap spot. Which, it's a wear down spot, because it wears Hulk down. Oh, God, I, I hate the trapezoids. Like, uh, there was a match tonight. It might have been Okada Tanahashi, but where somebody, like... Somebody was in the corner, and the other guy was running and hitting that person multiple times in a row. And they used their elbow, but like to—it wasn't to the face; it was to like the trapezoid area. Mm-hmm. And I didn't mind that so much, even though it was like hitting that. I was like, well, that would fucking hurt, I guess. But you know, if you did it to their face, it break their face. But it's wrestling, and it's not MMA, so you do that. But they weren't selling it as like a face spot, and I was like, that's about the closest to me liking a trap spot we're ever going to get. <laughs> Holster's in the trapezoid spot and the ref goes to raise Hogan's arm and he keeps it up on the third try and begins to Hulk up. He breaks the hold, knees Andre in the gut and the multiple right hands in a clothesline sends Andre to the corner. Virgil's now up on the apron and the ref is trying to get him down and as Andre grabs Hogan, D.B. Aussie's in the ring with a chair and hits him right across the back. Hogan grabs his back, but then just turns and runs Million Dollar Man out of the ring, who dropped the chair as he was leaving. Also, that shot was pretty unprotected, I believe. Hogan then grabs the chair and goes to hit Andre over the head, but the giant blocks it, and the two are trying to wrestle the chair away from each other. Hogan then kicks Andre and gives a chair shot across the back. The ref grabs the chair and is warning Hogan, but then Andre grabs the chair... And the giant goes to hit Hulk, and again they wrestle over the chair. This time, Andre kicks Hogan, and then hits Hulk over the head with the oh, chair. Oh, it's over the head for sure. The ref looks like he is warning Andre, and then turns towards the timeskeeper, and the bell rings. Hogan grabs the chair and hits Andre right in the face, knocking him down. DiBiase and Virgil try to pull Andre out of the ring, but of course he's giant, so it's a bit tough. Hogan goes to the outside of the ring and begins stalking DiBiase and Virgil, chasing them halfway down the walkway. But DiBiase sacrifices Virgil, tossing him to Hogan so he can get away. Hogan then gives a horrible-looking vertical suplex oh, to Virgil. a not-cool suplex. It looks bad. It's on Virgil, too. And you know what? I think that it's because Hulk didn't want to fall on his back, so he just fucking half-assed it because he's a fucking asshole. That's my opinion. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. These are not facts. This is what I pick up from... Watching the matches. This is my context that I'm giving to these matches, but Hulk refuses to fall on his back, and I hate it. Hogan then runs back into the ring, body slams Andre, and begins to do some posing. Grill and Jesse tell us both men have been disqualified, but nothing official was ever announced. From the moment Hogan body slammed Andre to when he left the stage. It's like fucking 30 minutes. It was exactly four minutes 
and 50 seconds. They played, like, Real American, like, fucking seven times. And even Jesse fucking, like, Jesse always talks shit or whatever, but even he's, like, verbally, like, you can tell he's annoyed. It's fucking stupid. And I love that song. That song rules. It does rule, but But watching five minutes of Hogan posing is just... It's it's too much. It's like especially if he won't even perform in the ring, like his performance is posing, and then everything else is like the three things, and he won't even take a fucking bump to give somebody a suplex, which doesn't like which is it just I can does, see I hate the hate, it. dude. It makes and me the so, fire in your eyes right it now. It makes me so mad. It's like you won't even suplex Virgil correctly because you don't want to fall on your back. And you just look like an asshole, and Virgil looks like a chump, but he gets paid to look like a chump, it's fine. Also, I'm sure Virgil would fucking beat his ass in a fucking arm wrestling contest, because Virgil's arms are... are Maybe we'll gigantic. find out at some point. Do they do that? I don't know. Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't either. I don't know if you're teasing me, or or if you're actually... If you're teasing me, or if you know, Who do you knows? know? Maybe I do. I don't know. Maybe I do. Well, I know Virgil won't win anyway if that happens. It's true, he won't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then Hogan will pose after an arm wrestling match. So Mean Gene's in the back with Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. And Macho Man goes, Hogan's a cheated man, not a defeated man. Also, uh... Which was a great line. It's a great line. Macho Man and Elizabeth in new gear. Second time we see him, new gear. We'll talk about that it's more. It's great gear. Yeah, but, uh, he also says, one half of the Mega Powers is gonna take it all. Yep. And this is... The first mention that we've had of the mega, mega powers. powers, yeah. Mean Gene asks Liz if you know Macho Man is gonna win or whatever, and, but she has like she does. She actually gets to talk. She, yeah, she has her face acting, like her acting in general, because she doesn't talk very much. But just like her like body language and acting is unparalleled in the WWF, maybe forever. But yeah, she says yes, he is. But she does it with like the saddest eyes. It's Really amazing. So I was going to give a little backstory on the Mega Powers here, just All right. as some context. So in the months prior to even the Survivor Series, Macho was Macho Man was feuding with the Honky Tonk Man, mm-hmm. and Savage had hit his finisher on on Honky Tonk, but the Heart Foundation actually came out to help Honky Tonk and started beating up Macho Macho Man. They would shove Elizabeth to the mat, who would then run to the backstage area. And get Hogan mm-hmm. to come out and help stop the assault on Savage. This is important shit, Matt. So after the match, Savage would extend his hand in friendship, fully solidifying his face turn. Yep. It's kind of what completely turned him face. And we all know that there's a the big rumor that Hogan that they wanted to turn him face because because it's because Macho Man was becoming, you know, bigger. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, like, if it's always face-face, it's always face against they heel. Face, they couldn't face each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then Hogan and Savage would tag over the next few months, mostly on house shows, so no no more mention yeah. on TV, really, until an episode of Saturday Night Main Event just a few weeks prior to WrestleMania. So after the main event, but prior to WrestleMania, Savage would face off against DiBiase. And basically, DiBiase and his gang would start a three-on-one beatdown, and Hogan would come down to the ring with a chair to chase off the trio once again to help solidify that 
Yeah, the like me- friendship yeah, and, mega, that, and mega, the mega powers. Mega powers. Mega powers and that. So that's just a little bit of context between be, behind the mega powers name. Important context, um, which I'm sure that in later shows we'll get some of a package with some of that stuff in it. Oh, but, de- probably. But, I wouldn't. I would assume. But we haven't watched any of those shows because there's only so much, so many hours. We're just not there yet. There's only so many hours. Well, I mean, just like the shows that you were talking oh, about, yeah. those, those events. It's like, man. So we're headed off to our 10th match. We got Don Morocco with superstar Billy Graham versus the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, in a quarterfinal tournament match. They changed up their tie-dye a little bit. It's like pink and white now instead of like traditional. So that's cool. And if you notice, no one is out there with Ted this time because Andre just had his match mm-hmm. and Virgil was hurt. Uh, from, 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 the, that, from that. From the... <laughs> Suplex. Hogan suplex. God damn it. Uh, is Vir- is Virgil is like what is his, what are his ring skills like? He's an impressive looking I man. I don't know. I, I mean he sticks around for a while, but Was I he one of those like he, bodybuilder guys? I think he only ever has like one singles match ever on pay per view. Well I'm, and it's I'm like interested it's like one of his very last matches that he I'm, ever had. I'm has. just kinda interested to see it because like the guy's got I mean he's got a body, but that doesn't mean anything. No. I mean look at Samoa Joe. So the match starts, and Morocco reaches over and grabs Million Dollar Man, pulls him up onto the apron, and then slams his head into a turnbuckle multiple times. The T-Buck. The Rock brings DiBiase into the ring with a body slam, and then we get a clothesline elbow drop Irish whip into a scoop slam that gets a two count for Morocco. The Rock with a second rope dropped fist for another two count. DiBiase rolls out of the ring to catch a breather, but Billy Graham is right there with his cane. So Million Dollar Man rolls back into the ring. Morocco tosses DiBiase into the corner and grabs his legs to fling him out of the corner, but Million Dollar Man has hold of the ropes. After a couple attempts, DiBiase gets his legs around Morocco and sends him flying into the turnbuckle. Is that what happened? Like, or it looks like like, or did Morocco just like jump jump into the turnbuckle? That's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. DiBiase's now in control because he's stomping on Morocco, slamming his head into the turnbuckles, a couple clotheslines, a knee to the gut, and a pair of dropped fists. Million Dollar Man goes for the pin, but Morocco gets his foot on the ropes. DiBiase then has a scoop slam and goes for a second rope, falling back elbow, but Morocco moves. Morocco takes control, but as DiBiase is pleading for mercy, the Rock looks away and gets a punch to the stomach. Morocco is running the ropes when he comes back and DiBiase picks him up and drops him onto the top rope, throat first, stun gun style. Yeah, but I found my name for the neck, the neck, uh, my potential the name. So when I was watching, I was like, I kept seeing a lot of these. But they always call it like a clothesline when they drop their neck on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this is fun and kind of cute, but a uh, rubber band slam. I like it. Yeah. If I, I remember know. it, I'll say it. It's not a real thing, but it's like, I don't know. People don't do that a whole lot anymore. I don't know. I think it's cute, and it's fun. You understand it when you say it. You're like, yeah. oh, I get it. Rubber, rubber band slam. So Million Dollar Man gets the pin and the win to move to the next round. And Bob Euchre's still in the back. He's looking for Vanna still. He is. He's looking for Vanna. And, and he says, maybe someone kidnapped her. Does he say that? Yeah. And then Demolition, which is Axe and Smash with Mr. Fuji, join Bob in the back. Okay. And Euchre goes, must be October 31st. Demolition's all up in. Yeah. And then literally he says, I've never eaten sushi before. 
It's Mr. Fuji's Japanese. Oh, yeah. Duh. I was like, well, I don't get it. But yeah, Mr. Fuji even has the makeup on. It's yes. pretty funny. It's great. For some reason, they made one-man game come out to the ring. This just is so, so they could, So they could make an official announcement that he has a bye into the semifinals. Like, thanks for wasting four minutes. I mean, I guess they just needed some time for those. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Can you imagine going to this show? Um, it would be so long. So the 11th match, <laughs> Greg the Hammer Valentine with Jimmy Hart versus Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth in a quarterfinal tournament match. And I noticed that Hart and Valentine both have the same haircut, and I really feel like they should go see a barber for a trim. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Macho Man and Elizabeth and in, I the, want in the rem- pink. In I want pink. to remind everybody yeah. when I write my notes. I write them. I do not go back and write something previously after something else happens. So you don't, you so don't, you don't, yeah. I literally wrote this, this while you were doing it, yeah. While I was doing it. I do the same thing. I don't ever go back. Foreshadowing for later. That's why I'll go through this and like a lot of the times I'll remember stuff and be like, it's like, oh yeah. I remember how I felt about that. So Valentine comes off the top rope with a hammer to the top of the head of Savage and shoulder breaker by Valentine for a two count. The hammer tosses Savage out of the ring to the floor and then comes off the apron with an elbow to the head. Chops to the chest and then rams Macho's head into the guardrail by Valentine. The hammer gives some elbows to the chest while Savage is on the apron and chokes him on the outside. Knees to the quads of Savage and Valentine starts to go for the figure four. But Macho Man grabs the ropes to break the hold. We pull suplex a backbreaker for two counts by the hammer. And then Savage becomes a man possessed <laughs> with a kick to the gut, back elbow, and a scoop slam. Macho comes off the top rope with an axe handle for a two count. And then Jimmy Hart's up on the apron and Savage attempts to hit him. When Macho turns around, Valentine with an uppercut to regain control. And then sets up for a suplex, but Savage reverses it into a suplex of his own. Macho goes to the top rope, back to his feet again. Get a double axe handle attempt, but Valentine hits Savage in the gut. Oh, that gut spot. Second time we've seen it tonight. Now the hammer is up on the ropes, and Savage goes for a missile drop kick to the back of the head. But Valentine moves. Valentine then goes for the figure four again, but Macho reverses it into a small package for the pin and and the the win. I like that Valentine kind of worked his throat quite a bit. It was cool because, you know, of the old, you know, WrestleMania 3. Doing that with Steamboat Steamboat. beforehand, and, you know, that was the crux of the thing. So I thought that was a cool thing that I noticed. Also, I noticed, like, we all know the Macho Man toe thing and how he, like, kind of his legs are, like, he kind of, like, points him in. It's weird. Watching this, it just, like, it made me think... And walks is like a little kid like trying to like sneak some cookies after his parents like just like tiptoe into the room like to the kitchen or whatever and it's really funny and now when I see Macho Man do that because he doesn't do it all the time he doesn't always walk like that but whenever he does that I just like picture like my fat little kid ass like trying to go get <laughs> some like fucking something from a, a snack while my parents are asleep but you don't want to wake him up you don't want to get caught definitely not you're just trying to uh, eat something terrible for you. So, I mean, we go back into the back. Mean Gene's there. He's back with Vanna White at the tournament board. And Mean Gene tells Vanna that Euchre's driving him nuts. Yeah, the Euchre. Looking for you. And she says, I don't even know who Euchre is. It's, uh, the poor, the poor, so bad the for poor, Bob. I know. Come on, Euchre. I know. And she can't even sell that line. No, she can't. Poor Vanna. They deserve each other. 
Well, I mean, he can talk. You, you, you could you could be a lucky man. <laughs> you could be like he's he might be more orange than Hulk Hogan and Trump. Well, I mean, Trump's not orange at this point. He looks, not he this looks point, yeah, actually. yeah. He looks like a he looks like maybe, a pretty maybe, normal maybe human. You gave him some yeah. uh, minus his like tips. hair. His like hair. He looks like a normal human being. So we're off to our twelfth match. We got Honky Tonk Man with Jimmy Hart and Peggy Sue versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. And the story behind this match was that Beefcake vowed to not only win the IC title, but put Honky Tonk Man to sleep. And cut his duck tail off. <laughs> Even fucking Jesse Ventura calls out uh, Honky Tonk Man's like in ring ability. It's <laughs> like on commentary. It's awesome. So, with the help of Jimmy Hart and Peggy Sue, Honky Tonk Man would continue just to get himself disqualified for many, many matches, and that's why he'd been champion for such a long time. Yeah. Um, and at one point, Brutus would even counter with a lady of his own. Mm hmm. The only reason I'm bringing this up just because it's kind of funny. Yeah. But it's Georgina. George the Animal Steel uh, in drag. Oh, my God. You know who I truly love? Who do you truly love? I truly love... I know it's none of these people in this match. It is one of them. Can you guess? Peggy Sue? I love Peggy Sue's enthusiasm. She is dancing her... I mean, it's it's Sherry. Yeah. It's, it's sensational, sensational Sherry. In a, like, you know, in like a... Like white shirt, white sweater, like black poodle skirt, and like uh, a fake, obviously fake blonde wig, and like big black like Ray Bans. But she comes out there and she just like dances her she ass sells off. It. She sells it so well, and it's so fun. It's so fun to like she. I'm just like I'm like she's having a legitimately great time. I hope she's not like you know three sheets to the wind. Like but I hope she's just like having a good time and not just like even if she is fucked up, who cares? She's she's killing it. I stand for Peggy Sue. So Honky Tonk is jawing with some fans in the crowd at the beginning of the match. And after an Irish whip, Honky Tonk gets a big boot up, but Brutus catches it. And Beefcake winds up to hit Honky Tonk, but the ref reminds him, no closed fists. So he turns Honky Tonk around and gives him an atomic drop. And possibly the best thing that Honky Tonk does is sell sell an atomic drop. He does. It's so good. And then the barber besses, kind of fusses with Honky Tonk's hair. And then slams it into the turnbuckle ten times. I got an idea. A honky-tonk biopic, uh, but honky-tonk man is played by Adam Sandler, and it goes straight to Netflix. I'm sure he would do it. (laughs) I mean, I don't necessarily want to see it, but I kind of want to see it. It'd be better than um, the majority of the Adam Sandler movies for the last 20 years. Yes. But that's not saying much. Brutus then sends honky-tonk to the ropes... Leapfrogs him, le pro, le, and, then, le and then gives a high knee to the kisser. Honky Tonk rolls out of the ring and is walking around the outside. But Beefcake grabs him by the ears, brings him to the apron, and gives him three elbows to the top of the head and a snapmare back into the ring. After Honky Tonk misses an elbow, Beefcake misses an, a jumping elbow drop of his own. Honky Tonk gains control with some punches to the back, a snapmare, and a falling fish drop. And Honky Tonk has the ref distracted, so Jimmy Hart starts choking the barber. Honky goes for the shake, rattle, and roll, but Beefcake grabs the rope to stop the roll. <laughs> and Brutus is firing up and gives a back body drop to Honky Tonk, Irish whip, and a slam, and slaps on the sleeper in the middle of the ring. Honky Tonk's fading when Jimmy Hart jumps on the apron. The ref comes over, and Hart decks him with the megaphone, 
Brutus releases the hold as Honky Tonk is out and begins to celebrate until he sees the ref is out as well. Beefcake starts chasing after Jimmy Hart and finally gets down on the steps, grabs the scissors, and starts chopping away at Jimmy Hart's and hair. And it's so great because he, like, chops some of it and then he, like, throws, pops, throws it, it up in the air. air. Like, you know, gotta be dramatic about it. Peggy Sue grabs a water bucket, dashes Honky Tonk with it to wake him up, and we see a couple... That was a fun... That was fun. The water was fun. I don't know why. We see a couple other refs at the ring checking on the fallen ref and then stop Brutus from getting to Honky Tonk with the, with the big shears. Hart and Peggy Sue drag Honky Tonk out of the ring and back down the walkway. And we get our official announcement. Beefcake's the winner. Outside of Peggy Sue, I really like uh, Beef's... Beef's. I'm going I'm to I'm call him Beef instead of Brutai. Be, I really like Beef's gloves. They're like these weird skin-tight pink gloves that go up to his elbow, and I really like them a lot. Outside of like his other gear, but I like that. That's liking a lot. <laughs> yeah, I like his gloves. So we're back in the back. Bob Euchre's there when Andre grabs his shoulder. And Andre goes, the only, I'm still the only professional wrestler that is still undefeated. Mania is over. That fucking big-ass hand on that shoulder looks so good. Yuger <laughs> goes, why don't you get your foot, foot off, off my, my shoulder? shoulder? That's so, it's so funny. And then we get the famous Andre choking Bob Euchre. Oh, it's so good. That we see in We've all, all the clips. Like, if you've all seen it. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Andre chokes him, but he like throws his head back and forth and sells it with his tongue out, and it's really adorable. It's to the point where like Andre walks off, and he totally cracks it, and it's really charming. It's cool. I mean, at this point, even like a lot of people that don't watch wrestling have watched an Andre, the Andre the Giant like HBO special, and they probably play that clip at least twice in that. And it's very and it's very memorable. So we're after our thirteenth match. We have the Islanders of Haku and Tamu and Bobby Heenan versus the British Bulldogs of Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid and Coco Beware with Matilda and Frankie in a six man tag match. And the story behind this match was that the Islanders had dognapped Matilda <sighs> earlier in the year, and Heenan would had would begin a crusade on having animals at ringside. Which would bring Coco into the feud <laughs> as because of Frankie. Because birds. Heenan comes out, he has an attack dog suit on. Oh, it's so good. It's like a dog training like jacket and pants or whatever. Like what you would wear if you were like trying training an attack dog. Yeah. Matilda goes right after Heenan when they get in the ring. <laughs> Does he? Does she? It's so cute. Uh, Matilda and Frankie both have their own little perch. They do. To hang out on. Like, Frankie's makes sense, but, like, the dog one is, like, really funny. And, like, when they, the Bulldogs, uh, the British Bulldogs, are in the, the British Bulldogs that are human, yeah. are in the ring, they, like, have the we perch. We don't know if Matilda's British. <laughs> I mean, you know, with a face like that. Oh. But uh, on her perch and uh, one of the Bulldogs, I don't remember who it was, has his hand on her head for, like, a while just to, like, kind of, like, her settle down. her into the place or whatever. Into her perch, and it was pretty funny. Dynamite Kid gives some arm drags to both Islanders to start the match off, and then Dynamite slingshots Tamu into the ring post and out to the floor. We get a flying crossbody by both Haku and Davy Boy Smith mm. against each other at the same it's time. Good shit. <laughs> Smith, I was like, mm. I was like, mm, but good. Smith lands on top for a pin attempt. We then get an Irish whip by Haku. Davy Boy comes off and gets a crucifix pin attempt. And then a gorilla press slam on Tamu. Coco's in with a drop kick to Haku, puts a headlock on, 
and then Tamu jumps in the ring, where jumps up and puts Tamu in a head scissors and takes them both over. Haku then has Dynamite Kid down, so he tags in Heenan, who starts stomping on Dynamite Kid. The kid gets one shot in, and Heenan just goes running to tag in Tamu. Tamu Zen gets a scoop slam and goes to the second rope for a backward splash, but the kid gets his knees up. And Coco then hits a back body drop on Tamu. Haku jumps in the ring, but Ware catches him with a headbutt, and then Irish whips the Islanders into each other. Coco Irish whips Haku again, but ducks his head, and the Islanders kick him to take control. Is that where it looks like... A, it, it, it's spit, probably, but it looks like there's a tooth. Yeah. It looks, it looks really good. Tamu comes off the top rope with a chop to the, head of, to the top of the head of Coco, and Heenan's tagged in again and starts beating on Coco. Coco starts firing back with punches, but Heenan no-sells them because he's wearing the padding. Yeah, because Heenan can take a punch And he begins to choke where... Coco starts flapping his wings, firing up yep. with punches to the face, and sends Heenan into the turnbuckle chest first. Heenan stumbles out of the corner backwards, and Coco gives him a drop kick to send Bobby shoulder first into the ring post. Haku sneaks in from behind to hit Coco, and then everyone else joins the fray in the ring. Tamu tosses Davy Boy out onto the floor, and the ref gets Dynamite Kid back into his corner. And as he does that, Tamu scoop slams Coco. And the Islanders double-team slam Heenan on top of Ware for the pin and the win. It's fucking whack, but it's funny. It's funny, right? Because he has the thing on. Yeah. Because they, they kept mentioning that, like, is his suit legal because it has all the metal yeah, on well, it? Yeah, well, there's a really great quote where uh, Jesse Ventura says, like, obviously Heenan is saving himself like, by wearing marriage? that. And, no, and... Uh, and Grilla Monsoon, who normally wouldn't make a joke like this, is, yeah, maybe for the senior prom. <laughs> and I lost my shit. And Jesse even, like, lost his shit. But he was like, yeah, Jesse Venturas is like, be like, oh, like, obviously he's, like, you know, trying to protect himself, but he said saving himself in Grilla Monsoon. Yeah, maybe for senior prom. And it's good I lost it. It was good. It was the, it was the good shit. So post-match, Matilda and Davy Boy go chasing after Heenan down the walkway. And they just, like, throw the dog on top of yeah, it's like uh, they they're just like put him on top because the dog's like probably the sweetest dog on the planet. Probably. I mean, it's definitely dead now, but it was the sweetest dog on the planet. Uh, the cameraman falls down as he's running after the action, <laughs> yeah. so it's kind of like what just happened. This is it's it's kind of a bummer. This is a comedy match for the most part because like four of those guys are like tremendous workers. Like we watched some Islanders matches recently, and we love them, and we know. The, the British Bulldogs, like we've watched well, British Bulldogs matches, they're great. At this point, Dynamite Kid was basically on his last legs because his back was absolutely destroyed. Yeah, but the but 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 still. Yeah, it's just like the it's kind of like when we watched that. Oh, who else was part of it? It was a Heart Found old Heart Foundation match, and we're like, why is there extra people in this? Why can't it just be? Yeah, it was the Heart Foundation and. The Heart Foundation and British Bulldogs. Oh yeah, well, that's exactly what it with was. With Tito Santana, Santana and Danny, Dangerous yeah. Danny Davis. Yeah, and like, the, it's like we just want the people. we just want those four. Yeah, and like those guys aren't the worst. I like Tito, but like we definitely we don't, don't need Dangerous Danny. We Davis. definitely don't need Andrews. So we definitely ha- don't need Danny. Howard Finkel then directs everyone's attention to the WrestleMania Four sign and introduces Jesse Ventura to the crowd. And yeah. Ventura does some posing way above. Yeah, like Monsoon makes some jokes about him falling. And then 
if having one-man gang come to the ring earlier wasn't dumb enough, now they make Ted DiBiase come out to the ring. To do some buy shit. So they can announce that because of the double DQ of Hogan and Andre, yeah. DiBiase receives a buy all the way to the finals. So we know at least one of our members of the finals. And as we head to the 14th match to find out who our Four, other one 14th is. 14th match, Matt. And we still have a few more you know, to go. That's crazy. No, Matt, no, no, there shouldn't be 14 matches on anything. So One Man Gang with Slick versus Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth in our other semifinal match. This is our 14th This time match. in black. They look good. All these all these Macho Elizabeth costume changes are great. They look great. I mean, like, he does he change his actual gear? It's like, I think... I don't he, think he changes his actual gear. I, think I feel like he might change shorts ones, but they're, like, still the stars, and they're, like, still, like, you know, those traditional Macho Man coats. I don't know, but they changed... He changes the robe, and she changes, like, full dress... It's fucking beautiful shit. I love it. So one man gang starts off using his size, but Macho gets on the offense by guillotine or a rubber band. Uh, ru- the rubber band slam. Rubber band slam. I, it's too late to make it popular now because nobody does that spot. On the top rope. Gang laying it in with forearms, right hands, and elbows. Uh, one man gang with a scoop slam and goes for a cover, but Savage gets both feet on the ropes. Gang then goes for a 747 splash, but Macho Man moves. And Savage is in the corner, and One Man Gang charges in, but Macho moves again. Left hands, elbow to the head, sends One Man Gang to the floor. And Savage comes off the top rope with a double axe handle to the outside. Once they are back in the ring, Macho tries to pick Gang back up. Macho tries to pick Gang up to slam him to no avail. And the Gang is back to choking Savage. Slick is bothering Elizabeth on the outside, goes up the steps, and Elizabeth goes up the steps to the apron to kind of get away from Slick, and the ref comes over to make sure Elizabeth is okay, and at this point, Slick's walked back around to his side of the Mm -hmm. ring, jumps up on the apron, and Savage goes to grab him, and as he does, Slick throws his cane to One Man Gang. One Man Gang then hits Savage across the back and tries to hit him in the throat multiple times, but Macho just keeps rolling out of the way. The ref finally turns around, sees all of this, and calls to the bell and raises Savage's arm. So post-match, Gang keeps attacking with the cane, and the official announcement's made. Macho Man won by disqualification. And we see Gang and Slick hugging in the middle of the ring when Savage climbs to the top rope and comes off with a double axe handle that knocks Gang over on top of Slick, squashing him. He's a big man. I like, I like not necessarily his gear i mean i don't know he doesn't have a bad look for how big he is it's just that he can't really it's not the greatest worker but those old school skulls are kind of fun that's all i really got that's my own real strong feeling about one man okay so we're back at the tournament board with mean gene and vanna and uh vina vanna leaves to go to ringside but mean gene takes a long look <laughs> he definitely does check out that ass yeah it's it's wonderful uh, Euchre shows up seconds later. He's actually been looking for Vance White. Is that what he said? Yeah. But he said Vanna the whole night. He said that's that's the joke. That's, that's, that's where the joke. that's where Did I miss the this joke? line just like I was like I was in on it, and yeah. then they went with this line. And I was just like, what? It been so funny he had, he, so we had someone writing him letters. This Vance White was writing him letters, telling him, "Hey, I want to meet you," and I was just like. So so I think it it'd be funny. Ben, what was in those letters, Bob? I think it'd be more that funny. Makes you want to meet this person. I think it'd so be bad. more funny if he like found out that she didn't want anything to do with him or didn't know who he was. So to make it look like 
he didn't know who she was, but they didn't do any of that. But that would have been a, kind of a cute joke, you know. Could have been. But uh, so he's like, you know, this like, joke was not good. This, yeah, this I didn't even really catch the joke. It was not it good. Was, yeah. And this is where I lost all. Yeah, that's why I have Vance, Vance White question mark. The storyline lost all of its credibility. Yeah, but it's cute till then, and I mean, if it made it till through fourteen matches, that's pretty good. But let's talk about our fifteenth match. We got Demolition, which is Axe and Smash with this Mr. Our, Fuji. Our first Demolition, right? Our first Demolition match. Uh, well, no, they were in the Survivor Series tag oh, team match. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they're against Strike Force, which is Rick Martel and Tito Santana. And this is for the WWF Tag Team Championships. We mentioned that Fuji had his face painted, as well as kind of like Demolition. And you might recognize Axe and Smash. He's kind of got like flames. Fuji yeah. kind of has like flames around his eyes that like go up. It's it's cool. It's pretty cool. Um, I, I, we didn't really talk about Axe and Smash no, in we the, didn't. the Survivor Series, but you might recognize them because we've, we've seen them yeah. as other characters before. Axe was, uh, remember back to the big event, was Super Machine. He had a mask on, so you yeah, wouldn't yeah. know who he was. And Smash used to be a Russian sympathizer in the NWA, ah, Crusher Khrushchev. That's cool. And, and uh, here they are. Kiss wannabes? It's like, it's, it's like... Kiss and Road Warriors it's like together. Yeah, it's part Kiss, part Road Warrior. It's like, okay, instead of like black and red, it's like silver and black. Yeah. So the match starts, and Smash lives up to his name early on. <laughs> Martel runs the ropes and goes for a crossbody, but Smash catches him, and then Tito comes in and drop kicks Martel on top of Smash. Axe then joins the fray in the ring, and we get double Irish whips, but Tito reverses his, and Martel goes for another crossbody that takes down Axe. Strike Force with some double team moves on Smash, and we get some quick tags and working on Axe's arm by the Strike Force. Smash tosses Tito to the ropes, who comes back with a leapfrog, but is then caught with a bear hug on his way back. Fucking, and Jesse is, this whole time, is still doing his, uh, calling Tito Chico thing. Yes. And it's like, uh, it's, it was kind of funny at first, but it's like, oh, every time he shows up, it's like, shouldn't he be selling tacos and Tijuana? And it's like, get out of here, Jesse. Smash has Santana up in the bear hug and moves closer to the ropes, where Axe gives a clothesline from the apron. And now Demolition's working over Chico. Mar- Chico? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Martel keeps coming to help Tito, but the ref has to chase him out, allowing Demolition to execute some double-team moves. Smash with a vertical suplex for a two-count, and then Smash hits a scoop slam on Tito and attempts a falling elbow drop, but Santana moves. Demolition keeps dragging Tito back towards their corner. Irish whip by Axe, and Tito comes off the ropes with a flying forearm, both men crawling towards the corners, and we get a hot tag. Martel, back body drop on Smash, drop kicks to both members of Demolition, Axe handles, and then Martel goes for the Boston Crab on Smash. Axe is in the ring, but Tito is in as well to brawl. The ref breaks that up and escorts Tito back to his corner as Mr. Fuji gets on the apron. But Tito gets around the ref and gives another flying crossbody to send Axe to the floor. Tito turns and hits Fuji, which sends his cane to the mat floor. Axe is climbing back into the ring and grabs the cane and hits Martel over the head. Tito nails the ref accidentally sending him to the mat, and Smash covers Martel, and the ref finally realizes where he is and starts the count for Demolition to get the pin and and the win. win. 
and new. Anything about this match? I liked it. I think it was a really solid tag match. I think that the I was kind of impressed by the, you know, by, by demolition. Yeah, I think it was solid. It was fun. Didn't overstay its welcome, and it never really got boring. I enjoyed it. I think that there's a that Jesse had a has a line where he says, "I think it's after the, after it sounds like the forearm." I thought it was after the forearm thing, but it doesn't make sense. But he says, did he learn that in the MFL? And it's like Mexican Foot League or something like that that he says. But it's like, what is this line that he says? But he says the MFL, and like, and Grillo's like, what's that? And Jesse says, I have, like, Mexican. I'm, I write in, like, pretty uh, rough shorthand. And you're not pausing. No, never pausing. I don't have time to pause. This show is, like, 18 hours long. Or at least it feels that way. <laughs> so Howard Finkel then introduces the presenter of the belt, which is Robin Leach. And Robin's making his way towards down the walkway with the belt. And people are touching the belt as he makes his way. Yeah, and they're like trying to keep his hands off people's hands off it. But I'm gonna call Robin Leach out on this. I don't I mean, I don't know. But he gets to a certain section and there are gentlemen of not the same ethnicity as him. Oh, yeah? I didn't know if I got this. And he, like, raises the belt above his head so people can't touch it when he gets to that section. Oh, yeah. I was just like, mm, yeah. Uh, wrestling. It was a safe place for scumbags exactly. in the 80s and the 70s and the 60s. And so, uh, Finkel then introduces the guest ring announcer, who is Bob Euchre. And Euchre is greeted by a drunk young man in the aisle with a cigarette in his mouth, giving him a hug as it he... fucking rules. That guy is such a wonderful piece of shit, and I love it. And then I guess security realized, oh, if they're going to do that with Euke, what are they about to do with our guest timekeeper, Vanna, Vanna White. White? Yeah. So let's just oh. say security's much better... For Vanna. For Vanna than anyone else the yeah. rest of the night. Vanna gets in the ring, gives Euchre a kiss, and we might, and I get what I think might be Euke's O face. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. There, so yeah, there, do we? There is a Euke chant, by the way, which really warmed my heart. So we're to our sixteenth match, the main event of the evening: the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase with Andre the Giant versus Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth in the tournament final for the vacant. WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Also, Jesse says some stuff about Vanna White when she's coming out. He says that, yeah, she's, she knows the alphabet, but what about numbers or whatever? But then also says that she has more security than Michael Jackson, which ties in to one of your... Uh, notes. Notes from the beginning. Or your... Um, what f- else was happening? F- fun facts. Fun facts. Yeah. yeah, but I was like, yeah, she has more security than Michael Jackson. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So the biggest question of the night, mm-hmm. which dress was your favorite? Blue, red, black, or white from Miss Elizabeth? Didn't you wear a pink one too? Was it pink and not red? I think it was pink, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. The white gear looks good on her. She doesn't look bad in anything. I, I'm i going blue all the way. Blue? I don't know. She looked good in the blue. I'm, I don't know. It brought her eyes out. I don't, okay, Matt. She was dreamy. <laughs> Matt is so in love with Elizabeth. I think I'm more in love with Elizabeth the actress than Matt. Than 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 the person. Then 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 yeah. absolutely stunning. Rest in peace. But they're like, we'll get there. But you, they, I love that they're so prominent in all of these in this throughout the show. 
even though most of the matches aren't great. Pants uh, up or pants down for Miss Elizabeth. Oh, pants down. Pants down, definitely. <laughs> Shout out Super <laughs> Jake. But, uh, yeah, she, Elizabeth is, is an actress. She's a goddamn actress. Okay, so second biggest question of the night. Mm-hmm. Earl Hebner's the ref in this match. Shouldn't he have been fired? fired. <laughs> yeah, or at least not allowed to be. causing this entire yeah. tournament problem. Or allowed to, at least like somebody else should be the ref. The ref. Yeah. Because Million Dollar Man paid him off. What they should have done is if this is an NWA show, they have a different ref in there and they put Earl Hebner in a cage and hang him above the, <laughs> above the ring. Because like, why not? Yeah. So the match starts and the two men are in the corner and the ref separates them. Andre trips Savage as he is walking out of the corner. The crowd keeps chanting for Hogan and looking to see if he is coming out of the tunnel. Yeah, it was annoying, but I get it. It was prime Hulkamania. Every time that Savage is anywhere near Andre, the giant trips him up. We get an Irish whip of Savage, but DiBiase with a shoulder block. And the Million Dollar Man runs the ropes, and Savage puts his head down, and DiBiase goes for the sunset flip, but Mancho stays up and punches down. Million Dollar Man tosses Savage to the ropes, who ducks a chop and comes back with an elbow to the head. Macho then rubber band slams DiBiase over the top rope. We're going to do it. Rubber band slam, baby. High Knee sends Million Dollar Man over the ropes to the floor next to Andre. And Savage goes up to the top rope, but Andre is between him and DiBiase. And Andre's just like, come on, jump, do it. Just do it. Yo, you just do it. Savage jumps down. Back into the starts running to the back. The crowd starts chanting Hogan again, and all of a sudden, Elizabeth's returning with the Hulkster to even the odds. Hulk grabs a chair and sits down oh, it's at so ringside. It's good. It's good shit. DiBiase has Savage Warner, and the ref backs Million Dollar Man away, so Andre grabs Randy again and pulls him out. But Hogan's right there and begins laying it on Andre. Million Dollar Man with a vertical suplex for a two count once they're back in the ring. DiBiase with a gut wrench suplex for a it's two a, count. It's a beautiful suplex, by the way. And then hits a scoop slam and goes to the second rope. Macho comes off for the flying elbow drop, but Million Dollar Man moves. DiBiase then locks in the Million Dollar Dream, which is a sleeper move. It's a sleeper, but the Million Dollar Dream is a good, it's a good tag. But Macho is right next to the ropes. But Andre slaps the ropes away. The ref goes to admonish Andre, jumps in the ring with a chair, and smashes DiBiase across the back. <sighs> Savage gives the old finger wagon signal, thinks, yeah. goes for the flying elbow drop once more for the pin and, and the, the win. win. And, and new. Huge pop. Huge Post, bow. Post match. Hogan grabs the bell and runs into the ring to give it to Macho Man, and then grabs the chair and protects the ring while Savage celebrates. This is the best. Like, this show is not great. Uh, this match and this moment and is so fucking good. I, like, like, teared up. Macho then puts the belt on Elizabeth. I teared up. And then hoi- I was so glassy. And I never felt so good. I was like, why do I feel so good about these strangers? Gorilla and Jesse say their goodbyes as the Mega Powers continue to celebrate in the ring. Oh, it's fucking... I seriously, like, this might have been, of all the shows we've watched, and this is no, by no means the best show we've watched, the strongest emotional 
like response that I've got because like my MVP for the whole night is Elizabeth because of like when the camera's on her she says more without any words than people do in the ring with moves and people do on a microphone sometimes and I feel like that's why I felt that way at the end of the show I feel like out of context without watching the whole show I might not have got that I mean granted we all you know it's 2019 like this happened in 1988 we all know stuff about Savage we all know stuff about Elizabeth Hulk Hogan about all these people DiBiase like there's a little bit more context even if it's like even if you don't know the whole story or nobody knows the whole story about anything but you know if you don't even know a whole lot about their lives and you just know like bullet points still I think that probably adds a little bit but it was a magical magical moment for me (laughs) was it for you so overall I feel like the show it was pretty middle of the road no the show I'm not talking about the show I'm just talking about this this moment this moment at the end mostly like even the match was like whatever but just the the moment the moment the moment is the moment at the end is like so good hogan is even though he's kind of still trying to steal the spotlight he's he gives it up yeah but it's also it's like fucking macho is so much better than hogan in every single fucking way like so it felt good for that but the elizabeth stuff was so good and the way she fucking just her, she was my MVP for the show. I, th- I mean, it's a good MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Overall thoughts for the show. I, I'll go first. It's kind of okay. already started. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, I kind of thought it was a middle of the road show. It's it. Actually, the more and more I thought about it, the less, less and it less was, I, I liked it. I agree. I mean, there's some some fun fun moments, but yeah, overall, there's like the uh, the tag match with the, the ta- Islanders, Islanders and British Bulldogs. Fun. It could have been better. That but actually might have been. Might have been my favorite match. You're not wrong. At for least, that. at least when the Islanders and the Bulldogs were in the match. Yeah, I I can get I can get behind that for sure. I, I literally feel if they had knocked the tournament down from 14 people to maybe like eight. Well, if they did it more like like the Wrestling Classic is still one of my favorite WWF shows from beginning to end that we've yeah. watched, and like this was like okay, well let's add a rum let's put a rumble and then do the Wrestling Classic times two, and it's like well now, how are you gonna make this work? Yeah, and. They didn't make it work, but but even, that, if they, but even if they just cut down the the number of matches in uh-huh. the tournament itself, they could have given a little bit more breathing room to some of the matches, and they wouldn't have had to have done as many dumb finishes. Yeah, because literally, there was a lot. Of I finishes. I looked back. There's like only there are two two clean, clean, clean. two clean finishes in sixteen matches. Yeah, it's insanity. It's complete. And that's that's not because yeah. I'm not counting the clean finish in the battle royal. No, that doesn't count. I, I'm literally in the tournament itself. The only two matches that had clean finishes were the two Greg the Valentine matches. <laughs> and technically, one of Valentine's matches he grabbed onto the tights. So is that a clean finish? I mean, it's clean because ish. ish, yeah. So it's just clean because like, he got away with it. Yeah. But, like, it was just, like, everything. It was just, like, oh, DQ. DQ, DQ, DQ. Double DQ. But, time limit draw. Yeah. It was just, like, I feel like the, what, I mean, what is this? It's, like, it's it's not great. I won't go back and watch the show anytime soon, but there's not, there's a chance 
that I will rewatch that moment because I lived, I've watched the show, so that context for I mean, that last moment, that last moment, that, that last, last moment, moment, last moment's great. That last moment, fuck me. But that up entire in a good match, way. Yeah. that entire last match, it's still more of a the story of the match is what's going on on the outside. It's yeah, not yeah. about what's it's happening. It's not about in the ring. Yeah, what's happening in the ring. It's and all. So it's, so even though it's Macho Man and DiBiase, it's all pomp and circumstance. It's not. It's not. It's not wrestling. Horrible joke yeah. right there. <laughs> but the story is still about Andre and Hulk. Yeah. Even though it's DiBiase and Macho yeah. in the ring for the championship. It's almost like yeah. It's like Macho Man was on the whole show, but at the same time, it almost feels like a consolation prize. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was the biggest story of the show was that Macho wrestled four times. Yeah. Against guys that are. Most of them are bigger than I mean one man gang. Yeah. And like Greg is a mean ass mean mean ass bastard. Natural Butch Reed is a bigger guy than him. Yeah. Valentine that might have been the actual best overall match. No, that was probably the best like singles match, I yeah. guess. And DiBiase is a great worker. He 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 is. He is. He, he's good he's good for his role. He's I think he's I think he's good in the ring. It's just that he doesn't always get to be in the ring. Good, Where, where's the smart marks at? Alright, fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. Whew. So, give me some of your best moments of the evening. I mean, um, Matilda uh, was fun. Matilda's fun. I mean, obviously, the, 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 fi- the final moment. Yeah, is... the final moment is forever. But for me, it's every... Uh, I'm going to go with my, my uke spots. What's fucked up is like the best shit is not the ring shit. I'm going to go with the uke spots. And honestly, I've... Always liked the, br- the beginning of the Bret Hart face turn. Yeah, I mean that was that was actually really cool. The end of the Royal Rumble was cool, but like I said a million times, and I'll say it a million more times, I have always uh, liked Elizabeth, but I really learned to appreciate her because she's really fucking acting out there. She really is. She's like really just doing the job, like with her face all the time, and it's really amazing and. I feel like that's what, you know, what pulled at my heartstrings at the end of the match. Um, but, yeah, that, the the tag match, and then, honestly, like... Yeah, anytime the, the, the Islanders the, were in the ring... Yeah, the, the Macho Man, Macho Man and Elizabeth changing outfits was more interesting than some of the show. There's Does a lot of cool, like, potential matchups, but you said, like you said, there's all these, like, fucked up finishes. Like, there's some cool moments and cool matches, and you know, a big suplex here or a cool match there, but like we came up with the top, with the rubber band slam. The rubber band slam. Uh, also the double the like the spot. That was cool. That was great and that was the thing you didn't see a whole lot back then and uh, it was sold the Islanders. Damn. Damn they're good. How about disappointing? Fourteen non clean finishes this match in the yeah. show. I mean I'm not sure if the like fighting because I was excited to have a, a idea, like a one night tournament. The idea of it, but is great. it wasn't. I'd say that the majority of the show is a disappointment. But at the same time, it's a show that you should watch for for the historical for the last I'd, show. I would say watch the last four matches of the show. Yeah, I don't know. And I think you'd be fine if you just watched it. I would have got. I got a, a very strong emotional reaction at the end of the show, and I, I just possible. needed to feel anything. Maybe I just needed to feel something because there was a lot of it where I, it wasn't necessarily boring as much as it was kind of frustrating. EP award to Elizabeth. Yep, best performer of the night is Elizabeth. I mean, anytime you wrestle four night, four times in one night, it's gonna get I mean, is gonna be uh, like in the top 
fucking three of any show he's on for yeah. the most part. I mean, especially under, underrated time. performer of the night, I'd go with the Valentine. Oh, yeah. Thing. Greg Valentine's kind of always underrated, he's, honestly. He's really good, yeah. actually. He just never gets the credit. Like that... I said, I want to see. I want to see Valentine like in. He Valentine is just. There's no reason for Valentine to be in WWF. He should have been. No, he should in, have he in the NWA. Yeah, exactly. It was like he, that's just not a style that he can do. Also, he is not handsome. He has a very tiny yeah. face. He is not a good-looking guy. But if he's you know slapping dudes, he's really good at that. Uh, anything surprising on the show? I was surprised to see the uke back because I don't know why I didn't I mean I didn't look up the show or whatever but I was just excited to, to see him back. I mean going into the show y- you knew that someone other than Hogan and Andre won the belt, correct? Did you know that or that one that not Hogan or Andre was going to win the belt? Did you uh, know that going into the show? Not not really. I knew about this moment but I didn't really think about it. I threw it on and it was long, and I just kind of like, you know, I always try to like, not... Because, I mean, if if I was... It's like if you... If I was back in 1988, yeah. and I was, I would have been seven years old at the time. You would not have thought that Macho Man was going like, to develop. Hogan and Savage are there. I'm thinking, oh, well, Hogan, whoever wins that match is going to end up winning the belt. Yeah. And then we get the double DQ, and then mm-hmm. it's like... Well, now what? Oh, what? Yeah. Like, who, who's well, I mean, gonna win this belt? I mean, like I, uh, I just, and I just kind of watched might it. Might have been popping out of my seat. I, I watched it pretty like, and I think that's another thing with the the moment. Like I know, I knew that neither of them were gonna win it once after the DQ, but I was just kind of like getting through the show because the show wasn't particularly exciting. It had its ups and downs, and then once it I realized, a grind to get yeah, there. and then once I realized what was happening or whatever, like I think. I put it on to watch it, but I didn't. I don't do research on these. Like, I try to keep myself as fresh or like as raw as possible. Uh, no pun intended. So, speaking of research, another surprising thing is is technically Ted DiBiase was supposed to win this belt. Oh yeah. That was what was supposed to happen. But I don't. You may remember from last week when I was talking about the Honky Tonk Macho Man match, uh, how Honky Tonk basically said, "I'm not losing the IC title, or I'm going to NWA." Oh yeah. And so they left the IC belt on Honky Tonk and didn't because Macho Man was supposed to win the IC belt at that show from Honky Tonk. So instead, they were like, "Oh, well, we'll give Macho." Because basically what they were going to do is Macho Man was going to win the IC belt there and then lose it at some point. And then and then, the, the and then like him and so. TB would face off against each other at SummerSlam, which will be in a few weeks Yeah, for the belt. But instead, they had Macho Man win this. And spoiler alert, Ted DiBiase never sniffs the World Heavyweight title Unfortunately. ever again. Yeah. And so, like, politics, once again, rearing their... Yeah, their ugly little head. Ugly little head, and it causes someone to not probably get the recognition that they, they deserve, probably yeah. deserve, like, like Ted like, DiBiase. Like, Ted DiBiase is famous, but him with that belt, can you imagine? Can you imagine the promos he would have cut with that belt? And now for a look back even farther into the history of wrestling. The dusty finish. 
As the Gold Dust Trio would begin to book bigger cards, they would need more wrestlers to fill those spots. The trio would find young men with legitimate wrestling backgrounds and competitive natures. Billy Sandow would test prospective grapplers, and if they passed, he would sign them to an exclusive contract. They would then go to James Mont to learn effective holds, hooks, and other finishes. When they were ready, they would face Ed the Strangler Lewis, the world champion. They wouldn't win, of course, but they'd emerge looking considerable and take up other spots on the card, and sometimes even main event when Lewis wasn't available. Next week, Clash of the Champions number Uno. Uno is it? They don't act. They don't number. Of course, they don't number. It's just Clash of the Champions. Right? The first one's just Clash. Of the do Champions. they number the later ones, or is it just yes. like Clash of the Champions '89? No, they do. They do because it's not a yearly thing. Yeah, it's a. It's kind of like Saturday Night Main Event and the main event that we watched so a couple weeks ago. In like this time period where WWF and the NWA are having shows at the same on the same dates. Would you call it a sister show? Would you call it a, ri- These, I guess, rival show? Would basically, be the Clash of the Champions is kind of basically a precursor to having the monthly pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they would just have quarterly pay-per-views at this point, but these Clash of the Champions shows would start happening more and more, and it was basically another pay-per-view quality show, but they were just putting it on cable to garner a little bit more interest. Yeah. And that's basically what Saturday Night Main Event was as well for the WWF. Literally by, we're in 88, by 1990, 1991, they, both promotions have pretty much gone to a pay-per-view every month. This and these me cl- hitting my head on the table. Except for I can't lean down enough to hit the table. So, we'll get there. And we'll see storylines progress much, much more slowly. Yeah. But I mean, you know. Maybe the matches will get better. We'll still have fun with it, though. I mean, I had a great time with this show. Like, I seriously had the biggest emotional reaction I've had probably in all 18, is the 18th episode? 18, 18, 18 yeah. shows we've watched from, yeah, from the end of this show. And uh, it really had me in, in the feels. So, that is proof that even, even bad ring work... Michael Temple still feels. Yeah, I always feel. Uh, even bad, like... Even with, it's not even bad ring work. Even bad storytelling and good acting, like, can, it can work. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But somehow they pulled it out of me and they shouldn't have been able to. And maybe I'm being too harsh. Well, maybe the music from this week's show helped. Because it came from the theme song of WrestleMania Four, And, for the first time, Pomp and Circumstance <laughs> by Edward Elger. Did it play in the show, or was it yeah, cut yeah, out? Yeah, they played it every... Oh, okay. They played it every single... Like, Macho Man is one of the few people that has gotten an entrance music, like, every single time we've seen him. Oh, oh, that's the name of Macho Man's song? Yeah. Okay. I feel like I've known... It's, no, it's from famous from something else, right? It's a march. I mean... Yeah, I just feel like that I've been... Yeah. It's like the graduation... One of the graduation yeah. marches. I just I wasn't think. sure exactly what it was from, because I've... It's one of those things, like, even if you don't know who the fuck Macho Man Randy Savage is like you've heard that you've heard that song well you can go out there if you like us you can go out there and rate and review us on iTunes Stitcher Google Play or Podcoin or you know wherever you may find your episodes uh, to listen to you can always email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter where we're tweeting away 
lots of pictures from uh, <laughs> did you Matt you did you get a lot of G1 photos G1 photos uh, definitely went out a couple weeks ago yeah uh, but you can always find those at Wrestling Histo X that's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O X I almost posted a video of Okada but I didn't want to post a spoiler so I stopped I did like I only did it like two entrances you posted a video I'll go to jail for that. We'll talk to you next week.